Hey friends, Sean from Draft Therapy here, and you are watching or listening to the Bearded Hops Podcast. Don't forget to sniff. Okay. Hey, don't forget to pass me a beer. I told you! Look, at least promise me you won't drink. Alcohol always leads to trouble. Hey, who wants to play Drink the Beer? Right here. <laughs> you win! Alright, what do I win? Another beer! Just have a cup of coffee. Bear it is. Coffee? Beer. I kill for a beer. <gasps> Cheap beer and a sympathetic ear. Step right up. I... Well, that is up, everybody. Hi, Jonathan. Adam here with the Beer House Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. And of course, I'm here with the other two lovely gentlemen. See, I was nice this time. Chad, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Adam, how are you? Okie dokie, Jake. I don't think you really meant it, though, when you said All like, right, I and Chad, you want to go ahead and introduce our guest? We're just going to ignore him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that feels normal. Yeah, there you go. Better? <laughs> All right, well, tonight we are going to talk with uh, the beer babe, uh, Carla Jean Lauter. Did I get the last name right? Lauter, rhymes with water. Lauter, okay. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Carla. Lauter, yeah. Lauter. Or would That's you rather right. be called Babe? Uh, no, <laughs> I'll answer it either. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Carla is out in um, Portland, Maine. Oh, yep. nice. Way out, way out yeah. east. Yep. Our leaves are starting to change color. <laughs> it's fall. I think after this week, ours might too, because it's getting chilly. So Yeah, it's chilly here too in Wisconsin. Wow, look at that. Yeah, but I like yeah. that 50 degree weather. I do at too. Night. Oh. oh yeah, it's yeah. No, I, I also have my first pumpkin spice latte today, so that's oh boy, oh, pumpkin slice latte, <laughs> pumpkin, <laughs> every, pumpkin, pumpkin, pumpkin. Just watch Sean Oliver. I'm beer. about my love for that. I don't know. <laughs> just... the, the pumpkin coffees aren't bad. I've yet to find a pumpkin beer I'm enamored with. Well, yeah. Have you, know, you had any that are stout based? Because the dark ones are actually really good. There's a brewery up here called Cape Ann in Massachusetts that makes a like an imperial stout pumpkin beer. And it's kind of fantastic because it gets all of us molasses notes instead of it just being like, hey, let's have some cinnamon and put it on top of a <laughs> or whatever. Um, That's good. what I need because I never really liked the pumpkin beers that I've had in the past. But I don't think I've had like an imperial stout. I don't think I have either. I want like a barrel aged, you know. You want like a 22 ABV. Give me like a 12% at least, you know, yeah. at least double digits. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> All right, Chad, you did the introduction, but you still need to do your part of the show. That yeah, I want week. to know what everybody's drinking, of course. So I'll start off. Um, I've got a, uh, a Tidal Town Bent Tuba. This is an Oktoberfest beer. It's really, really good. It's one of my favorite Oktoberfest beers. I'm not huge on Marzans in general, but they do a really good one. So I'm uh, starting with a Bent Tuba from Tidal Town in Green Bay. I haven't gotten Oktoberfest yet. Uh, Jake? Well, we are drinking the same thing, Adam. Would you oh, like to... We I, twinsies. We have... Um, that's bright. Fluxed in Paradise. This is a uh, joint session between Lagunitas and Shorts Brew. There it is. So it is Shorts. a double dry hopped IPA, though. I would say that this is... Now, my palate has probably been warped over all the beer I've consumed, but this does not come off as like... You know, no. it's not a West Coasty. It's not a hoppy tasting. It's kind of a low ABV for you, sir. It is, but I thought it was some good flavor, and I could. I only saw one, and whenever it's, I see only eight, one, eight point five, which is really low for Jake. That's when I grab something, <laughs> but um, it, it's more kind of got a fruitiness to it. I would say, not bad at all. You know, mm. not bad, at Carla. What do you, what you got? Uh, so I have a local here. Um, it's Brewery Extrava, and uh, it's a Belgian IPA. So this is Ooh. a uh, new brew to us. It's probably about two months old now. 
Yeah, it opens a little after the 4th of July, and uh, they're doing mostly Belgian-inspired stuff, and they plunk themselves right in the neighborhood with a whole bunch of, like, really hop-forward breweries, you know, the hype haze, you know, breweries out here. So it's kind of refreshing to be able to go from hazy, 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 hop, hop, hop to go over and get some um, some Belgian beer and some Belgian-inspired beer. And this one, being a Belgian IPA, it is, I would say, definitely more on the Belgian side than the hop side, but they are using... Uh, whole leaf hops in there, which is pretty interesting. Uh, and it's it's unique. Um, there aren't really a lot of uh, beers in Maine that taste like this. So I enjoy it. Do you it. think they nice. purposely tried to position themselves as something sort of different than what's in the, yeah, the craft sure. scene there? Yeah. yeah. Now, what's funny is that when they first uh, when they first went to open, they said, we're not going to make an IPA. And then, of course, everybody was like, you have to make an IPA. You have to make an IPA. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, no one uh, will drink it. So they compromised, but they made a very not ipa IPA. So it's about... You craft beer, but you don't have an IPA? Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, Shalanda, Afro Beer Chick says Afro Beer Chick. I got the shirt on. Yep. Yay! Check. Oh, I should have Yeah. <laughs> and she says it's your turn in the hot seat, so... <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So Carla, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, what do you do for a living, and then how did you get into beer? Sure, craft, so, craft beer. Yeah, so my day job has nothing to do with beer, um, other than the fact that the people that I work with do like to drink it. Um, I work uh, for a company that does basically tech conferences. So I, I write uh, digital content, and I'm kind of an editor for an online tech publication. So I'm writing about the 3D scanning, laser scanning, uh, you know, and LIDAR industry. So it's anything from autonomous vehicles to, to scanning like historical, um, you know, archaeological sites to preserve them and, and things like that. So very, very cool stuff, but I'm writing all the time and running around and kind of, you know, managing a bunch of freelancers. But uh, I just started that job a couple months ago, and I, I love it. Um, it's <laughs> just kind of really geeking out about all the new tech. Um, but I started writing about beer in 2007. Um, so I've been kind of around the block a few times. I used to be on Ning, if anybody remembers Ning. Oh, man, uh, I don't even remember <laughs> um, that. But I have, uh, it, was, it was kind of like a baby social network for bloggers where you could like link up with other bloggers and guest post on each other's thing. It was very funny. Uh, but, uh, but I've been, uh, yeah, so I've been writing about craft beer. I, I started writing about kind of everything in craft beer. And then I realized that the, at that period of time, there weren't a ton of people writing about what was going on in the East Coast. Everything was Colorado, California, you know, kind of centric or, you know, Portland, Oregon. Uh, so I started to kind of slowly zoom in on uh, what was happening in New England. And at one time you could actually follow everything that was going on in New England uh, <laughs> pretty readily. And now I have zoomed in much farther and I am <laughs> essentially covering the main beer scene and uh, not even able to catch up with that. So I now write a, um, every other week column for Maine's largest newspaper, the Portland Press Herald, um, you know, but on and off, it, I basically have been writing on and off either in my blog or for publication or freelance um, for, I guess that's 12 years. So <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an old, I'm an old vet. <laughs> <laughs> now what, what got you to start writing about craft beer? So when I was, uh, I had graduated college and I got my first job and I didn't, wasn't making any money. So I moved in with a whole bunch of people that I had known from college, like post-college. So there were six of us living in one house and, you know, we all had our own rooms and there was like common space and right, almost right next door, there was a little cute, like craft beer store. It was like, kind of like a Seven Eleven, but it, it just was filled with craft beer. And it was essentially anything that was distributed in the state of New Hampshire in craft, this, this little 
top had it. So I would go after work and I would get like a six pack of something I'd never heard of. I'd bring it home. We'd all have one and we kind of like talk about it. And after doing that for a year of living together, you know, we kind of had fun, you know, tasting weird things and kind of figuring out what all this stuff meant. And it was you know, really before there were uh, a lot of places that you could go to find that information. So we were just kind of trying to, you know, Google what we could and, you know, just talk about it. And after the year, we realized that we didn't really, nobody kept track. Uh, nobody wrote down what we had. We didn't really have like any kind of record of the, you know, a couple hundred beers that we had probably tried. Different. You mean you, did, you didn't have untapped to use and log everything? No, in? no, no. <laughs> no it was like, let's just build it, an app. Untapped was not even a twinkle in Greg Avila's eye. <laughs> Uh, by, by the time that that uh, was going on. So uh, I, the way that uh, my husband now likes to say it is that, uh, so we decided, okay, uh, you know, maybe we should write this stuff down. And he got a notebook and uh, I got a blog. <laughs> so I, um, but I just, I, I love writing. I've always loved to write. So just, it seemed natural to me to just, oh, hey, let me tell people about it. Um, and then it just kind of grew from there. And like I said, because there weren't a lot of people that were talking about New England, I kind of got attention early um, that I don't think I would have otherwise if I had been, you know, kind of in those hot, hot scenes, um, you know, where everybody was, but just kept at it and uh, moved on really from beer reviewing to, um, you know, more trend pieces and style and education and that type of thing. Man, that sounds a lot like our podcast. <laughs> Chad, yeah. Chad, and I, Chad and I were just drinking sounds beer good. and we're like, we we're just sitting here talking this. like, why don't we do a podcast and just do what we're doing here on the porch? So that's what we did. <laughs> So, well, um, plus it also started out as kind of like rating beers. That's what yeah. we started out doing. Yeah, yeah. And then totally over time reviewing we're all about rating, reviewing yeah. and rating. Yeah, like what are we doing? That doesn't even matter. Like it doesn't even necessarily mean anything to anybody, especially if they can't get this beer. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, over time it's just evolved into you know talking about talking to interviewing people, people. Yeah, talking to other people, talking about beer in general, talking about trends. I mean, yeah, exactly. We sort of with that same evolution. Yep. Rod. Uh, Rod says hi. Rod. Rod hi. is here. Hello, Rad. Rating. What up, Rod? Yeah. Um, yeah. And Shalanda uh, uh, wants to be like you, Carla. So <laughs> that's how it goes. Right. So yeah, Some, uh, somebody's got a. Spe- is there speakers on? People. Let me. All right, there we go. <laughs> Carla, it's. Huh? Sorry, that may that may have been me. I, I'm not sure. Oh, <laughs> we'll no worries. No worries. We're just hearing an echo there. So yeah. But uh, it's it's awesome that you're in New England. I actually have family out there. Um, my aunt and uncle live in uh, just outside of Sanford. Oh, cool! Um, yeah, I think it's Lyman is where they're oh, at. Oh, but... yeah, Funky Bow. There's a brewery right in Lyman. That's the only reason that people know where Lyman is now. There's a brewery out there called Funky Bow, and it's crazy. It's awesome. like on a farm, um, but not like a idyllic like you want to get married there, like a hipster farm. It's like a farm farm, <laughs> and the guys who own it are like loud and weird and their dogs run all over the place and it's just become this place they have like bluegrass music like all summer long like out there and it's a totally different crowd that hangs out there than hang out in the kind of um, relatively more you know i guess gentrified you know kind of portland uh type things but it's only about a half an hour outside of portland if you go kind of diagonal through the state so it's (laughs) but it's it's kind of a fun it's a fun it's a fun environment over there yeah i i actually am trying to do arrange a road trip out there my dad and i want to it's my dad's brother and I uh, cool. would like to like to get out there and visit him. And he's got a couple things for me to bring back here. But so that's awesome to hear that there's a yeah. really cool uh, brewery there to visit. So now I want to go even even more. Yeah, you should definitely check that out, especially <laughs> awesome. if they have live music. It's a, it's a fun group of people. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. 
Don't yeah, do, no, no question, Chad. You're not gonna ask a question or anything. You're just gonna <laughs> tell us about your. I needed a drink. I needed a drink. I needed a drink. Sorry. Ridiculous. So ridiculous. So you this started is drinking. So it's never scripted. We don't even know what we're doing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you started drinking craft beer. Needed a way to kind of track it. Yeah. And plus, you like writing. So you started a blog. Yep. And that has led you now to being a beer journalist. Yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I started getting paid to write about beer. Yeah. In about 2012, um, you know, took an article or two and, you know, like New Hampshire, New Hampshire Podunk magazine or whatever. And then I was like, oh, wait, somebody might pay me to do this. That's kind of fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, I got I uh, got kind of into that. Um, but I've worked kind of on and off for now uh, for a couple of years for various Portland publications. Uh, I, I was originally at Maine Today, which is a subsidiary subsidiary, sorry, of the Press Herald. Then I went to an alt uh, an alt monthly publication that was kind of like our like edgy, cool publication. And then I switched um, when they uh, needed a beer columnist. There was there was an existing beer columnist for the real paper. Um, and he uh, decided to to pursue other opportunities. So they they hit me up and they said, hey, would you be our beer columnist? And I said, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, and then actually I turned in my first column and then they were like, so where are the pictures? And I'm like, what, wait, what? <laughs> you want me to win? Don't so you I went out and bought a you know bought a camera and I, I take halfway decent pictures now but uh, you know but I'm not a photographer by any means so I I was like oh yeah yeah a column you know like a skinny no <laughs> that's not <laughs> how they do layout anymore no. so uh, I do turn in uh, pictures of all my stuff um, but I just thought it was funny because they were like so and and the pictures <laughs> I'm like oh give me a second go grab a beer from the fridge click <laughs> there you go there you go <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sending now although i now oh, have like kind of a stock photo library for myself like i take pictures of breweries wherever i am so if i write an article about tobago i'll just throw an article a picture of tobago brewing in there um because that's you know saved me a lot of time if i've been like specifically go out and taking take a picture of a tasting room every single time or yeah. whatever it is but if i'm writing about a specific beer i will take um photos of the cans and whatever um but yeah smart very smart. Since you are a a beer writer, are you uh, are you uh, Cicerone certified no. in any way? Or okay, nope. um, I don't. I don't. I mean that. I don't no, think that's no, necessarily no. a requirement no. at all. But couple reasons. Um, one is that I got away from beer rating and or judging kind of early, and I I do have you know uh, I've gone through some classes. I've gone through the off flavor you know classes and whatever, but I never really pursued the 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 BJCP or the Cicerone because I didn't really see a need to have the the judging and the kind of really, really, really specific knowledge there. Because what I'm trying to do more is to invite people into craft beer and kind of give them a little bit of an education rather than be like the end all be all authority on on beer itself. So I've thought about it. Um, but when I was kind of trying to figure out what the benefit would be to me, I didn't really see it. Um, not to say that I wouldn't do it in the future, but at this point, I don't really need it for what I'm writing about. Um, you know, cause I'm really kind of talking about what people are uh, trying to do, you know, just generally with beer, what's a, what are these styles about, you know, where they come from, um, and, and why, you know, why are people doing things like blueberry milkshake IPAs, you know, <laughs> and I don't know if, uh, if, uh, you know, getting trained in, in those would actually help me explain that, uh, <laughs> any more, <laughs> any more than the brewers themselves would. That's Good technically point. not a style, a blueberry milkshake. It will be eventually <laughs> well, when you vote it in. The other thing is that when's the last time you had a beer that's brewed to style, right? right? Exactly. Like that's the it's other not... thing is that, is that we've really got away from that, you know, I want to 
build the perfect Kolsch, the perfect brown ale, the perfect whatever. And some people do that and they do it very well, but more people are just blurring the lines of all of those boundaries oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. all the time. Right. Cause then somebody comes in and looks at their menu and be like, Oh, uh, what do you want me to do? Just order a Kolsch? Like what's a Kolsch? Where's your, you know, mango, chili pepper, you know, <laughs> right. hot tamale. Chocolate. Like, that was clean and boring. There's a there's a really great um somebody found a I think it was a Yelp review of Allagash Brewing Company. Now Allagash Brewing Company, if if people listening don't know, is like the best known like American Belgian style brewery in the US. I mean save right. So <laughs> they had this whole thing about how like oh, their beer was bland and it was weird and they don't even have an IPA and how can you get away with not having an IPA? <laughs> like, don't have an Allagash. IPA. What? It's but what's funny is that we passed, as beer geeks in Maine, passed it around to each, to each other and we said, said, okay, guess what brewery this is written about? And we all, we all kind of dared each other to figure it out. It was very funny. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shalanda just brought up a, a good point in that, uh, yeah, if you were put on the screen there. Definitely, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. beers are beers definitely are... known by flavors and styles, not exactly. And that's, um, you know, and that's a, a great um, transition into talking about Fresh Fest. Um, so I met Shalanda at Fresh Fest a couple weekends ago. Awesome, amazing. But just even to just put a teeny point on it, every beer that I had there was had such amazing flavor and flavors that were inspired by things that, you know, I would never, you know, encounter in, you know, depending on where the culture is. So like in New England, we don't have certain ingredients in the South. They have ingredients, like it's just, everything was inspired, but all of this wonderful culinary and historical flavors that it was awesome. I was just blown away by the, the absolute creativity of everything. And that's the thing is that I wasn't standing there going, wow, this is the best plain Kolsch I've ever had. And not to knock Kolsch's, but it's a, it's the one that kind of everybody puts up as a, as a great beer. I love a good Kolsch. But when people are telling you the yes. story of where this inspiration came from or where, you know, that grain is that they decided to try, you know, something different than what is traditional, that's a, that adds value to me, to the drinking experience, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think it's a lot of fun what uh-huh. brewers, craft brewers are doing now. You know, I mean, I'm I'm still, I love a good brown ale, and hardly anybody makes one anymore. But it's still a lot of fun to see the funky, you know, oh yeah, fruit, fruit being tossed in, or you know, who knows? Somebody probably throw a kitchen sink in there at some point. I don't know. Yeah, and it even, <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't even always have to be adjuncts. It, it can just be that yeah. it was, a, you know, the the end profile taste was inspired by something that, um, you know, they're evoking the flavor again and not the style. So I think Shalana nailed it. Yeah. Now, so we're kind of talking about funky beers. Let's talk about beer names. (laughs) (laughs) You have Uh, the graphic? Are you going to put it up? uh, uh, Yeah, I do. I I see. It's right here. It's up on the other screen. I got to open it up here. But um, (laughs) when I saw that, it was so funny. I, I, I clicked on it on Twitter. I opened it up and I'm looking at it. I'm like, I'm getting a headache. I can't look at this. Like, like it's, you have but you're absolutely right. Flow. I it's know. A, it's a flow. You start. <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling it up here. Um, so, so here's the background on this. So I have for a really long time. Oh, um, let me. Is there a way to get a better version? Yeah, let me get you the version that's not on the poster. Hold on. <laughs> I just love if the first step is it simply 
this uh the, the name style of the style of beer. beer. Yes, beer. go for it. You're Actually, just go just go to thebeerbabe.com. It's my first post there, and there's a graphic of it there. Um, I I got lost trying to follow this earlier today. But, I, it's a flow chart, though. I mean, no, it's I know. I mean, it, it, but it, I mean, it, by but saying I got lost, it means well, what you have to do? Come on now. What you I, have to do is you have to pretend you have to start in your read. mind with a beer name. You have to come to it with a name. So, like, you have to go. Okay, I want to call this Bluebird Logger. Okay, so if you click on, yeah, the flow chart picture yeah. there i i love it by saying i got lost in it means that yeah. i i loved it oh, I mean, okay. it's like you didn't actually lose your way no i didn't lose my okay. way i just was like so, I, I, enamored by it is a better Chad, way you just said colch and then you were done yeah exactly right, um, right. so what was the one we had last time was it lake humper yeah lake humper okay let's so let's do that is it simply the name of the style of beer no. no is it named after a landmark or a historical event no 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 is it named after a generic animal like a dog, snake, eagle, etc.? And that's I'm going to say no for this one because oh, it's, uh, it's not just like no. old could brown be a dog. dog. No, it's not like old, old brown egg dog. Humber. Yeah. <laughs> Is it named it, after a person? Oh dear God, I hope not. No, um, yeah, <laughs> it certainly could be. Is it referencing published music or art? So that's no. No. Um, could it be described be as art. funny, clever, or cheeky? So yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Who laughs at the joke? And so here's the here's the one. Is it is everybody laughing at this or all my buddies in my garage cracked up? So garage buddies. I feel like buddies. that's the yeah. all my buddies in the garage. garage buddies. Up. Yeah, nope. for sure. And then you get to seriously. Uh, and then he goes, <laughs> and then the next thing says, we're funny. Uh, and then it says, are women uh, the gay community minorities or another group the butt of the joke? So sort of. I mean, because assuming you're humping, I don't know, but I'll say no. For well, that. well, have you seen, have you seen the label of this beer? Oh yeah. I, yes. Yeah. So yes. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, th so that gets to the red seriously. <laughs> um, if you say no to that, you get the next question is, is it politically incorrect, racy or edgy? And again, with this is yes. And you get the no, try again. <laughs> try again. <laughs> so, what it's meant to do is like, lead you through like when you're spitballing names just to just discard some problematic crap immediately like just get it out of your system yeah laugh about it and then just move on <laughs> so uh this came about because i am i have heard way 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 too many cases of things that if shown to anyone other than like the two guys in the garage yeah somebody probably would have been like eh. yeah and but nobody does that. So like, there's a box on here that says like, did you run it by people that don't look and and think exactly like you? <laughs> uh, uh, I was surprised. We we talked about this um, quite a bit recently, and we looked up some articles of some of the names of beers out there that are starting to get some bad publicity. Ugh. Yeah. And I mean, I could not believe that some of these went to production. Right. But that but that's it. That's the that's the target demographic that this chart is aimed at. Is the really? Like did we like these are not the subtle ones. These are like the like wow, what? No. I mean Lake <laughs> Humber would be subtle after, to some of the yeah, ones we were. Don't name your we beer saw. after a nuclear test. Don't name your beer after a tribe that you don't belong to. Don't name your beer after something that you know only one gender or you know group of people is gonna find funny. You know, it's it's just it's just like so oh wow. Uh, is that is that really is that oh, really a beer name that? 
there was. I don't know if it's still in existence, but there was. To the internet. (laughs) Do you really want to have that in your Google history? (laughs) It's no worse than half the other stuff. Let's see. I'm I'm afraid though what the what the uh, what the images are going to look like. Images look like. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it. I'm not. I'm not typing this. but so this got, I, I created this in literally like a 45 minute like sprint because it was in my head all along. I just didn't know how to get it out until right. I like started doing it as a flowchart, and I just went, oh, wow. Okay. This, and I've never, I really never felt that way about anything creative. Like people who are artists, they say, oh yeah, I had that, that painting in my mind and I just needed to get it out. And that was this, <laughs> that was this chart for me. Whereas I've been telling people pieces of this all along, like you didn't check. You didn't look at the Wikipedia article about that historical event. <laughs> awesome. Like, no, okay, uh, <laughs> a lot of that. Um, and there is a box on there about like looking the history of stuff up because we've also been taught a lot of crappy history. Like, that's not you know, it's that like, oh yeah, oh look, it's so cute, and then it's like, yeah, actually, it's like massacres and, and horribleness. Like, don't do that. Was what was that one that named it after the island that was used Bikini for atomic? Bikini Atoll. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Was like, yeah. So they're like, oh, cool. It's like a nuclear test. And it's like, yeah, did you know that? <laughs> right. What yeah, was the name of it? Bikini Atoll. It was oh, where we yeah, tested yeah, nuclear yeah. bombs. The Manhattan Project yeah. Brewery, which is already like, eh, yeah, like, right. like brewery uh, yeah. name. Like, you really want to theme all your stuff about nuclear weapons? Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a choice, but it's not a great choice. I mean, um, if everything's high ABV, I could kind of see a theme. Not though, and it's just like, mm, of course, you would say that. I'm just trying to help. Yeah, no. I know. Consultant, they're like, how are you consultant? All you tell us to do is make this higher ABV. <laughs> yeah, you, you would be paid as a consultant. That's good advice. I'll yeah, pay me a beer. Now, do you think? Oh, I would hope you've been asking this question, but do you oh. think uh, if there were more women in breweries? Some of these would be avoided. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You think, yeah. Like if when I look, I look at these, I'm like, this is a brewery full of guys. That's, yeah, that's no, that's what what it, yeah, and not to you know, and not to be a jerk about it, but that's what happens is you get a whole bunch of people who think like you, or that like think, you. it's yeah. who think, yeah, yeah. right? You all think yeah. it's funny. You've got this joke, and it's like, yeah, but maybe like try to expand beyond that group think because it's you know, what seems like an awesome idea when you're, you know, chuckling it up in your garage is not the same as like actually putting something out for sale and, and representing your brand and doing all that stuff. But absolutely. If there are more women in the room, they'd be like, uh, Hey, yeah, wait a <laughs> second. Maybe not. Um, I had to, um, well, I once uh, got consulted on a beer, um, on a beer name. <sighs> Can I say this without saying the beer name? <laughs> Um, I just well, we won't know until we know. So go. So it was a play on another. Nobody will we'll bleep it out. We'll bleep it out. Okay. <laughs> the beer didn't end up getting named this. So I, there was a the theme that they extended. So they had wet hopped a beer and they decided to call it wet t shirt. And oh, I went. Geez. And they actually they hesitated and they contacted me and they said, "What do you think of this?" And I was like, "Can you not?" And they were like, <laughs> so they, they named it something else. But it was like a wet hop version of some other beer that they had. So, I but I feel like you could have just told them. Beer, apparently, I don't know how many of the other people they asked, but I was like, I just don't want to have to write about these things and just, you know, pretend that I don't, you know, like notice. <laughs> it's kind of like just the fact that they had to reach out to you and ask kind of answered yeah. their question. Shalanda yeah, says, like, just say it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 
But they made the right decision, so I'm not going to throw them under the bus. <laughs> Carla, has it been better or worse trending wise since? I okay, don't know, the naming or what do you mean? This is like the last couple like of years. Like, are we are we getting better like, here, or is there just some gotcha. stories out there that have brought to so, light a few names, and this behavior is still rampant? And it's just all right. You know, there was just a couple yeah. of publicity because of you know a really right. a Twitter mob. Yeah, yeah, um, so, <laughs> for clickbait more or less. Um, so here's the here's the thing. It's really hard to tell because of a few things. First. A, we have social media now so that you are not just reacting to the names that are in your neighborhood, right? Like right. You, you could see, you know, beers from Indiana that are, you know, inappropriate and mean stuff like that. So that's all, that's increasing the number of that we're seeing. I still firmly believe that this is in the way minority. Like it is not something that every brewery does. It's not something that most breweries do, but when it does happen is it tends to be in the newer breweries, the tiny breweries and the breweries that for better or worse, they're started by two buddies and they don't have a lot of extra input and they don't really know what they're doing business-wise. They might be fine yeah, beer-wise, yeah. but they just don't have the resources or don't think they need the resources to run and you know run this by other people or get approval or you know, check to be fair, I mean, those small money. breweries could be compensating for their size. I mean, oh yeah, that's a great point. I mean, but they think that they have to differentiate themselves by being edgy or funny, and that's no, I know. Not, I'm not how to do it. Um it's really not how to do it. And then you have to keep upping the ante if you're going to do other breweries like beers like that. Right. So I think we're seeing more of them now because it's become less acceptable to just ignore it. But I don't think, I I'm still not, don't yeah. think it's the majority of breweries that are doing that. I think they have that impulse to do it. Now they're kind of figuring out that they shouldn't, especially if they get above a certain size. But I think that there is definitely a much, there's a, audience out there that's paying attention now and is being vocal about the fact that this is not acceptable. Um, and it's, and I think for better or worse, you know, some people say that, you know, that's, I got, I got accused. What did they call it? Oh yeah. Twit forking. Have you ever heard of this term? What? No, I have not no. heard of this no, term. Like, I don't know. We might have to wait till later to air this. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm no. getting, Adam's turning red. No, you know how, uh, you know how Frankenstein's monster, like they, they gather the whole town with like pitchforks and, and, um, and torches, whatever to go after the monster. Oh, so it's like the mob so it's mentality. Like gathering the pitchforks and the town people on Twitter against something. Like it's, it's like a Twitter mob. <laughs> okay. Well, it, Twitter's such me. a weird place these days, you know? Like but, I personally love Twitter because yeah. I feel like it's so, um, it's the fastest way to get news. Yeah. And I also feel like you get people's pure reactions and like you kind of get under the hood of who they really are. Yep. Yeah. Um, Equalizing. Yeah, it's and when it first started, especially for beer, it meant that you were, you had the same type of account that the head brewer of Dogfish had. Right, had. exactly. Yeah, so like yeah. you could Level literally talk to them and go, "Hey, my bottle's a little weird." And they'd be like, "Oh, sorry about that, man." Like you know, it, there was a like a real equivalence to it, which was very odd for social media. You know, because usually they're all gated and they're through PR, and and that's still the case now. And but the problem now is that. Again, a lot of these people, they may be good at beer, but they're not good at social media management. They're not good at PR. They're not good at business. They're not good at these things where you're interacting with the public. So then it just becomes a really public forum for them to just really screw up on in big ways. So like when people call them out or say, hey, you know, I don't really think that name's appropriate, they'll freak out and blow up. And then it becomes this bigger thing that it could have been, um, you know, if they had either the sense to do that or the help to 
you know, kind of actually work through those issues instead of going, man, 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 you people are assholes. You know, like, but, but I like that. I like that. Cause yeah. then I like to see, you know what, this is just another person that is yeah. just as dysfunctional as anybody yeah. else. And there's not some <laughs> genius behind the curtain, but I, I do see these things, you know, not to go down a, a rabbit hole here on Twitter, oh, here we go. but, um, rabbit hole. You know, there's a lot of discussion today that, you know, Twitter is trying to kind of serve up to its users, something that's going to stir an emotion, you know, something that's going to be very positive to what they like to follow or something Ow. that's going to be very negative to what they like to follow. Um, and then again, even when people are acting like idiots, people, you know, like you were saying, everybody else is so ready to start the mob. Like we're so ready to like, just even people that deserve it. I'm not saying they don't deserve it, but it's <laughs> like, we're so excited to tell somebody what a fucking idiot they are. Yeah. I mean, but, <laughs> And but just pile on, just dogpile. But if you're putting products out into the world to be purchased, you are publicly putting your shit out there for comment. And Absolutely. So, a lot of people, yeah. so a lot of people say like, well, you could have like privately. And I'm like, no, it's a public product. I could say, you know, this yeah. flavor of uh, candy tastes disgusting. It's a product that I can say, yeah, I think that that label is totally crap. What's it, up with that? It, it misogynistic like, shock value. I mean, let's be honest. That's yeah. pretty lazy at this point. You're no, really not it. trying that that's hard. That's the other thing is that it's not it's not even good marketing. No. We're not even no. talking about like artsy edgy edge cases. We're talking about like stupid, stupid stuff. Like making your blonde ale just have some girl with huge knockers on it. Like why? It's yeah. so lazy. Yeah, that what that hasn't been done for you know well, seven yeah, years in, in beer marketing. Yeah, you Never really threw a new curveball there. Yeah. Well, gonna buy that. Mm-hmm. You know what? It almost pisses me off as a man, and I know I'm the last person anybody needs to feel bad for, but it almost makes me I mad agree. that you think I'm so <laughs> stupid that that's all you need to do right. for me to be like, oh, put it in yeah. my cart. Oh, there's boobies. Oh, boobies. Look, yeah, yeah. Blonde I mean, boobies. Mean, like, you know, I'm that dumb. Yes. Right, and and the prop the the, other, different the other thing is that I hear a lot, um, you know, in response to the Twitter mob or whatever is, well, well, if you don't like it, then just don't buy it. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not the point. The point is that if a woman is going down a craft beer aisle and sees that half of these labels, you know, are you know have this sexist mm-hmm. point of view to them, they're going to turn around and just say, well, craft beer in general isn't even for me. So it's right. not about. It's Where's the white claw? Yeah. It's a it's a turn off to the whole thing. Nobody's ever felt that walking through aisles of wine, right? Yeah, like, it's not like there's a bunch of pictures of whatever you know, little right. dicks and like I'm not doing this. Fuck this. Right. So you know if anything, <laughs> I'm a man. Our our slice of pie <laughs> as craft beer is so fragile and small yeah. that we shouldn't be doing anything to take any group and make them feel like they're uncomfortable you know, in this market, like, and there's no reason for it. It's not a gendered beverage. It's a freaking fermented, like, there's no connection here. It's not, it's not a beauty product. It's not a, you know, gender specific anything. It's just like, why are we even doing this? And how short-sighted is it? I mean, all we hear is studies about how, um, yes, craft beer has grown its sort of percentage, its piece of pie of the market, but in general, beer is still declining. So how dumb are you if you're going to go ahead and just alienate half of the people you could be marketing to? Right. And it's just, and that's what it really boils down to is you're being stupider than you realize because you're pushing people away from not only your product, but the whole thing. So if that whole market is dying, that's not going to be good for you either. Even if that person doesn't live in your state, doesn't have the opportunity to buy that beer, it's going to be bad for everybody. And and that's why I speak up. I mean, frankly. You know what I would do if I had a brewery? I would. I would. Go out of business. I well, yeah. yeah but okay. before I went out of business, okay. I would come up with some obscene, 
misogynistic, just awful label and name. And then what I would do is I would purposely brew the worst beer I could possibly <laughs> fucking make, like bottle the, that shit, yeah, sell it for like ten dollars a bottle, and just give it to all the dumbass morons. And then call it hard seltzer. <laughs> no, like oh, just, okay. just you know, whatever. I'm not gonna. Uh, Shalanda, you're absolutely right. I mean, yeah. if you look at the history of beer, we talked about it actually last week too, about uh, you know, what the Swedish bikini team back in the day, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you know, well, it's, it's a long. Like, more taste, less filling, or whatever the hell that yeah, was. There, there's it's been a, a long, long, long story. Yeah, I mean, I mean, sex sells. That's it's that's what they're it going for. That, that's the thing is there's yeah. research now that actually says that that's not even true. So, yeah, but if a, if a small brewery is going for for more sales, they want that they they want the almighty dollar, right? So, if if they're going for a group of people that aren't in craft beer, they're drinking Bud Lights and Miller Lights, and Bud Light Miller Light used that back in the day, then they're gonna then they're gonna go for it. I'm not saying it's right, but that's I think that's probably what a lot of the breweries are probably thinking about. But the other thing too is that is that all of that is changing though. Like Bud is Bud and Miller aren't doing that type of branding as much anymore because it isn't as well received. And they're going, hey, we need to do more to also, again, get more people to drink beer in general. So so it's a fallacy in a bunch of different ways. Like they're they're copying something that doesn't even exist anymore. Like right. it doesn't exist anymore. Not, but I mean, it, I mean, historically it, it's, it's been there. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not, a, it's not being productive anymore um, in the way no, that- I agree. It, in the, in the, the way in... that it did before. And and I keep telling you know, craft breweries too is that you also just can't keep fighting over the same twenty four to thirty five year old men. Like <laughs> that is a that is a tiny slice of who you could be going after. And if you're all fighting for the same share, that's bad. You know that doesn't help you either. Fight for somebody else. <laughs> no, no, Rod. Rod makes a good point. Beer is just one of the things I've used. Women marketing has used that angle for a long time. Yeah, long but there's Absolutely. something. But there's something extra going on here, though. That's another subtext here is that this is an intoxicating product. Okay, so you also have that element of um, you have someone serving you. You know, is always the woman the serving you, but also that it it makes you cooler, better, more desirable. It, it's turned into lower inhibitions, and she'll you know you'll have a blonde on your arm, and all of these like really mm. kind of creepy undertones. Also, you know, with things like leg spreader or whatever we were talking about earlier, that it makes women more sexually available. Also, yeah, and none of those things are good. Like it's not just that they put like the pretty model next to the sports car. It's also selling a product that does lower inhibitions and does, you know, lead to problems. And I think that that's why there's yeah. more attention on this, um, because you know, if I mean, I, I would love to see, you know, just that that type of marketing stop altogether. But but in beer and in craft beer in particular, we were craft beer was supposed to be like the antithesis of that. It's supposed to be about, you know, should, it's supposed to be better, it's the right? story and better the, than the mainstream. Right. And it's handmade and artisan. It's yeah, more like they're like a artisan. bakery than they are, you know, a, a multi-mega. This is like culinary factory. in beer, and yeah. Now, now, Rajay wanted to know what you thought of the Brewdog Pink IPA. Campaign. Okay, so that one was interesting because they they were trying, they were trying to be brash and address this issue by coming at it as a counterculture. They wanted it to be shocking, but then if you actually read the text on the thing, they were trying to kind of use that as a conversation starter. Like they knew people were going to be upset about a pink IPA, but if you read it, it was actually trying to undo that. Right. I think it was not well conceived. Mm. Like, 
but also Brewdog has a lot of other crap that that has made that feel disingenuous too. I mean, they've they've done other misogynistic kind of bro dude things. I think it's bullshit. Yeah, but they <laughs> but the thing is that I I felt just like it was really poorly conceived. But they weren't doing that pink. They didn't pinkify it because they thought it would be attractive to women. They pinkified it to make people mad that it was pink so they could talk about this. So basically, it was trying to point out that pinkifying things is stupid, but they didn't do it well. <laughs> so what yeah. they did was they got everybody mad that they made it pink and nobody actually read to like paragraph two. So I, I have to defend them a teeny bit on that kind of thing. However... Uh, I just don't think it was well done. I, I, I think you can do, but the other thing is that there's another beer that doesn't do that with um, women, but that does that with uh, the Klux Klux Klan. Have you heard, have you seen Yellow Belly? Oh boy. Nope. So go, go uh, Google Yellow Belly beer. So that oh is a beer that is wrapped up in a p- paper thing to make it look like the Klu Klux Klan. Oh, oh you gotta be shit to be anti that so there's a message on there about like how ridiculous oh. and cowardly it this is this is racist. like your friend who's an asshole a bully and it's like yeah. oh what it was just a joke you can't take a joke well the thing That's is yeah but it's supposed to get your attention but the way that it comes across is wow. not cool now the other thing is, yeah. would you so can you imagine checking out and like Meyer with that? Like uh yeah, and then some yellow belly. Nobody in his brewery thought yeah, fucked up. That's fucked up. You know, if you is. just didn't have any eyes, you could, yeah. could kind of look like underneath a joint, it, again, underneath that paper, which you would never take off in the store, right? Because it's a paper outside. Like underneath that paper is a thing about how cowardly it is to be racist and da 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 da. But like <sighs> yeah. No, like so, and they're out of Sweden. Wow. Um, so that may yeah. be a gross misinterpretation of American racism, but it's still awful. Um, yes, so awful. it's just one of those things that, again, I I could see this in a marketing meeting going like, oh yeah, we can be all counter, blah blah blah, and we'll make it shocking. No, yeah. that's why that that's why that thing exists on my chart that says, "Is this edgy?" <laughs> it's like, don't do it. <laughs> just do not touch that. With a ten foot pole, I just so I don't buy it. I don't I, buy it. I, I don't think that somebody's trying. We're so smart that we're gonna we're gonna ha- add some shock value with what's negative, but then it's gonna be like the more you know, rainbow I mean, or helping. I mean, I don't. Right. I think they're but just they were, hiding behind that. Yellow the shock belly, value. they were trying to say that you're a coward, right? Like it's an insult to be to call somebody a yellow belly, right? So like they were again. Uh, that's that's what they say. Well, right. Rod's ag- agreeing with their message and he gets it. I, but that's the thing is you have to, you would have to really get it before and again, you, <laughs> under, yeah, before you buy it. But well, I mean, but, again, if you picture, this is always what I, I tell people is if you picture what I call the craft beer curious consumer. Okay. Somebody who maybe exactly. is knowledgeable going into that like scary, huge aisle of craft beer now, like it's gigantic. It's intimidating as it yeah, is everywhere. And if you go in and you're seeing uh, race, basically race-based imagery, which that is absolutely ridiculous, uh, and not reading it. You know what I mean? You're walking down the aisle. You're seeing that. You're seeing, uh, you know, you know, women being used to market beer. You're seeing cheeky, you know, sexist names. You're seeing, you know, whatever it is you're seeing, that gives you an impression of the overall market. And you go, oh, yeah, maybe this isn't my area. You know, it's like when you go into you know, a store where you just don't feel like it's being marketed to you. So as someone who's curious about craft you might go oh god okay these people all have 
no sense of humor or wow, these are all horrible people. Why would I buy any beer from them? Well, yeah, or or if you're you know uh, an African American walking down the aisle and you see that. Yeah, no, it's awful, right? Like, like there. I mean, I I get they have a message. I understand that, but the problem is going off of just this. Yeah, you have no clue what this is, and your first instinct is what. The, the fuck? fuck? Yeah, it's happening. <laughs> like, well, it's like, and you know, you know that there's some jackasses out there who got their hands on this and purposely oh, yeah. don't open it and parade it around to their dumbass friends. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know that's happening. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah absolutely. absolutely. Um, and it's and that's the and that's the type of shit that we that this it's just the shit we don't even need. Like, what is even why? Like. That's the other thing is that why are you even bringing the, a fucking hate group into your beer marketing at all? Like, even if it's anti that, like, what are you doing? Like, That's what I'm saying. Nobody's it, looking. Also, yeah, you got to know ahead of time. There's got to be a better. There's got to be a better way. Picking I mean, up for some reason if you don't know what it is. Yeah, and obviously this is shock value, obviously, right? But yeah. there's yeah. got to be a, a better to way. Shock value. Yeah. You know. It's, yeah. But it's but but I've seen this a lot of times where people think that again they think they need to differentiate themselves and they think they need to do that by being shocking in some way, and that is not a good strategy for beer. Uh, I don't think it's a good strategy for marketing in general because you can't. It's not a sustainable thing. So even if you get their attention once by doing some crazy stunt or whatever, it's it's just like any other marketing. You know, if you either have to ratchet it up every time or you have to do a different thing right. to get people's attention, it, it, it's better to invest in telling your story as a brewer, you know, telling, you know, why the hell are you making beer? What is this? You know, what's in there? What's a friggin' Belgian IPA? Like, you know, that, you know, that kind of stuff is, is the productive conversations oh, to have, yeah. not why is, you know, why is this on a shelf? And, yeah. and it's just, I think, I think what's happening is that we're getting a we're so, getting a audience that's figuring this out for things other than beer, right? Like we're, we're it's not just beer that's going through this like revolution where people actually are speaking up now. Um, yeah, I think yeah, there was definitely. a really long time when everyone was just like, whatever, that's the way things are. And I think that we've entered just a period in our history where people are like, fuck it, we're done. I'm sorry, can I swear? I didn't. Oh, yeah, 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 I have already. Rod said, you know, the fucking idiot sitting next to yeah. me. Yeah, he yeah. can fucking swear. Rod, Rod said yeah. he's happy, though, he, that because he knows what the message is that somebody's saying it. And I, yeah. I, I absolutely I, I agree with that sentiment, Rod, but I. Because the the way they went about it is so poorly, especially just if you were to visibly see that. Yeah, I think they're being disingenuous that they really care about that. I think that they're just trying to sell products through shock value. I, I don't yeah. believe that they're being genuine about really giving yeah. a shit. The only um, yeah, and you know, here's another idea for breweries: instead of worrying so much about you know shocking people with your label and your name, why don't you just make some good fucking beer? You know what? The last beer that shocked me was the one that was consistent from batch to batch. <laughs> That's shocking. Okay? Yeah. Like, shock me by how yeah. good it is and consistent it is and like how much I want to drink it again. Like shock me by that. Okay. Like that's what, that's what I want to be shocked by. I want to be shocked by the quality, the taste and like your story. That's what I want to be shocked by. Yeah. Um, you know, and that sounds so cynical, but it's like, I, I just want to hear that. I don't want to hear all this other bullshit. <laughs> I love like, when Rod rips on Founders. Yeah, no, that's, you know, that's, that's what Rod, we're Rod is always, about. always all over Founders. Well, Rod, it's awesome. yeah, Founders is, <laughs> great. Founders is uh, I think Founders, Founders, in, they're in big, big trouble, I think, going forward. <laughs> they, 
Well, all the, all, I don't know how they can recover all from the, it. All the regionals of that size are, are in trouble. Everybody big, everybody big went too big, too soon, too much debt. Uh, and they're all, you know, the, the, whatever the paying the piper now. Um, they, they got on this smutty nose did this up in New Hampshire is that they were doing really well. And they had this like crazy great growth, growth curve. Right. And they went, okay, cool. I'm just going to market. I'm just going to do all my planning, like thinking that my growth curve is going to stay like that. That's not a sustainable growth curve. So what they did is they got a loan and they said, Hey, you know, uh, you know, we have all this growth. It's, you know, year, you know, hand or foot all this time. Let's just invest millions of dollars in a new facility. As soon as they do that, demand peter right out. And it's like, th there's a lot of overextension and there's a lot who took advantage of overextension before there was competition. And they assumed that, um, you know, that they were just going to be the, the big local brewery that everybody loved forever. Right. You know, and it's, that's not the way that's going. Uh, so I, I think all of the guys of founders size are in trouble, uh, let alone putting aside, you know, the ridiculousness of some of the things that they've, they've done. Um, that size brewery, if you love them, um, fondly go visit them because they're not going to last long. <laughs> well, let's talk about East coast beer. Yeah. We don't, we don't get a whole lot of it here in the Midwest. I drink if two yearlings today though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well. Those things go go down like water. They're, I I love Yingling. I just told my neighbor to get me a case of it because he can get it. I haven't had one forever. But I what love it. do you like it though? Because it has a mythos, or do you actually like the taste of it? Um, probably a little bit of both. I it's not a it's not a great beer, but okay, I, I do like it. As... So that's my experience with it. You know, for for uh, risking the Twitter mob myself, um, it's a fine beer. It's okay. It's not worth like traveling three states to bring a case back. Right, but I can now that I found out I can have someone bring a case to me. I'll yeah, pay for, I'll pay for I'll pay for <laughs> okay. a case. I'm not no, going to travel. Get... I won't travel for it. No way. I don't travel for any beer. But people have like that. That's the whole thing with the thing is that people would like. This ties in. This ties into our conversation about New Glarus, which yes, that's mm. true. When we talk about this, we risk being screamed at by everybody in the state of Wisconsin at this point. But mm -hmm. I mean, Chad's in Wisconsin. Jake and I are just south of the Wisconsin border in Illinois, right. so we can get New Glarus anytime. And we had this discussion about why or how is it that it's so popular when it's, I mean, they make good beer, but it's not like, like you said, it's, I'm not driving hours and hours and hours to get this beer. Well, it fascinates up, me too. That they... Economics of rarity. I mean, like it's, it was the first beer that people were told was good and couldn't have it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like got national right. fame for being rare. It's the same way Hetty Topper came into existence. Hurricane Irene took out that brewery, and they came back and they said, "We're only brewing one beer, and we're only going to sell it in the like three stores next door." And that's how you generate, you know, ridiculous demand for things in the in the beginning days of beer. Like you can't do that now because there's so many other things to choose from. Yeah. If you're a new brewery and you're like, we only have one beer and we're only going to release it like you know, once a month. Nobody's going to come do that. But what is fascinating about New Glarus is that they have been able to temper any sort of greed and stick to the model of just selling in Wisconsin. Yeah. And, and it it's just on their cans and bottles only in Wisconsin. Only in Wisconsin. It fascinates me that for 
a singular uh, brewery of their size to completely own a state, which you don't see if you look across a map of beer sales across the United States, um, that they have not let their temptation um, start to expand. Right. And and I think part of that is is just very smart, other than the, the you know, kind of in-state local branding, is that that also means that they didn't overextend themselves because a lot of the ones that are relying sure. on multi-state distro are having trouble now. Right. So sure. it's yeah. awesome that they kind of stayed organic in their growth and have made the people happy that they need to make happy in the state, you know, without, you know, signing on these national distributors because that's that's where people are getting in trouble. Yeah, and they have said that uh, in an article I was reading and they were asked that question about distribution, their, their main point was we can barely keep up with the demand within Wisconsin. Right oh, now. right. Well, I believe that because we go to Woodman's in Wisconsin and people are just <laughs> – Cases walking out with the cars every cases case, on this yeah. shit like what are you taking a bath in that yeah Chad, what what do you think would happen being a wisconsinite up there if they started distributing outside of wisconsin and they no longer or they at least had to sort of come off that marketing angle a bit in the home state do you think be, that would piss oh, I, off your home state uh fellow cheesians Yes, I think it would, but I think yeah, I think that the just like Carla said, the the rarity marketing is 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 gone then at that point. So, right. you know, there the, I think there's. But would people be out. like you know burning their you know <laughs> <laughs> their jersey of pouring out the bottles? <laughs> yeah, yeah. like posting videos of burning I, their cases. I guarantee like, you, you sold out. <laughs> guarantee it. I there would be it'd be all over Twitter, Instagram. People would be yeah, they'd be pissed. I hope it happens now because that'd be hilarious to see. <laughs> right now, I just want to see it. That would be great. You broke my heart. <laughs> but what about? So we started talking about East Coast beers, and we started started talking about Wisconsin beers. I know, I know. Well, you brought up Yingling, and then we tried to yeah, think of then, what our yeah. comparable was locally. Yeah. But you know, Yingling at this point is what seven, eight, nine states. I mean, they they have expanded their distribution. Yeah. Um, and to answer your question earlier, Carl, I mean, I think that. Uh, I don't know if Yingling's good because the only time I drink it is like when I'm on beach trips with friends and family right, and it's like right. hot and it, there's already all this experience going and you're on. You're already mostly drunk anyway. Yeah, I've never just, yeah. yeah, I'm in the sun and we're doing stuff and I've never just had it like on a cold night in Illinois sitting here just like, I don't know. I don't know if it would be good. Right. I did tonight. It was, I mean, it was. But I haven't had it since April. Can, can we talk about East Coast beer now, please? Well, we are talking about East Coast beer. Yingling. Yingling, yeah, but Yingling. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about I mean, we don't, it, that's not coastal. So. No. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, it's East of the Mississippi. Okay, okay, it's okay. Eastern. Eastern. <laughs> so, so uh, in your East. beer experience, how has the beer scene changed for you on on the right side of the country? Oh, my God, so much. Um, so the, like, I'm going to start like most recent and then I'll go backwards. So, so in Maine, uh, our biggest city is Portland. Uh, it's not the capital, but it's our biggest city. And, uh, for a while, all of the hot breweries and all of the big breweries and Allagash and everybody, they're all centered on Portland, uh, plus or minus Bangor, which is another big city up there. And it was kind of like, okay, how many actual breweries can we fit in this town because the, the Portland itself is not a huge city. It's like the, the proper metro area has like 600,000 people, but the greater probably has like a million or so. And so for a while it was like, okay, yeah, yeah. Another small Portland brewery doing IPA things. What's been happening in the last couple of years is that 
um, all of these random rural towns like Lyman and stuff are getting their own breweries. And they with that comes like a community center. So it's like, that's the place that everybody in town goes to talk about their business or to have a meeting or to just hang out. And it's become a little bit of a kind of just, just a part of the community more than a producer of beer. So we don't have a lot of like statewide big breweries. We have a lot of little local communities that have like their own brewery, kind of like what it was like pre-prohibition. And that move has been really cool because it means it's, it's kind of in, in uh, it's influencing economies other than just Portland's. Um, and I'm really enjoying seeing that happen because everybody has their own little perspective and the beer people are different from, from tasting room to tasting room in Portland. Like you run into the same, you know, the same 50 beer geeks, you know, every, <laughs> everywhere you go. Um, Is that a sustainable business model, Carla, you think? Like, can they do that for years and years think, and years, operate at that size and just kind of be like this communal area for, you know, beer enthusiasts and um, people that just I want think, to hang out and be happy and this, that, and the other? I think one of the huge things that makes that possible is I think it's now five years ago, we had a law change where you can now charge for samples at a tasting room. And and before that, we didn't have that. You could only give away free samples after a tour or whatever it was. And really? now we almost, ha they're almost like little baby pubs that are open during the day. Like, so you do pubs. have opportunities for revenue, you know, at least from, you know, from beer sales, you know, you, we can also sell to go out of tasting rooms, growlers yeah. uh, yeah. and cans and, and whatnot alike. So there is um, definitely a model there. And I think that model is actually economically more viable than a brewery of a similar size trying to make it with, with a distributor. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, if you're relying on kegs and, and, and growlers all the time, instead of um, kind of direct sales, that, that can be really tough. So it depends a little on size. I mean, there are some that are really, really tiny and there's people that are just clearly doing it as a, almost a hobby. They're not, you know, making, <laughs> making tons of money on it, but I, I do think it is a viable model as long as you have, you know, kind of the attention of, of the town. And I haven't really seen any of the small guys go down. What I have seen is uh, in New England, you know, a couple that are, you know, those mid-sized ones, again, that overextended themselves are the ones that are petering out, not the ones that were, oh, hey, I opened, you know, Norway Brewing Company in Norway, Maine, that has like a population of 2,000 people. Um, but they're working out. So I, <laughs> so it's kind of uh, so far so good, knock on wood, I don't know. Um, but I think there is a model to be had there. And then there are brew pubs too that are opening that are like new brew pubs that are not like the nineties, you know, wood, mm. wood everywhere, uh, you know, bad pub food kind of thing. They're like doing a, doing a really good job of, of bringing like new foodie stuff into a beer space and beer production space. Do you get a lot of those like food trucks too that are parking at some yes. of these places? And that was another thing that changed a couple years that ago. cost of like, well, I want to do this yeah. beer, but I don't really want to have a kitchen and absolutely. All yeah. That, so a lot of that. that Portland, takes. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think in most of our major cities, that's, that's uh, allowed now, uh, definitely in Portland, definitely in Bangor. Um, yeah. And uh, so that's, that's been a huge help too. Although it's kind of funny. Some of the, some of the food trucks, have transitioned to having brick and mortar uh, restaurants, which I've never seen it go that direction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we have we have some yeah we have happens. some restaurants around here that yeah. also have food trucks. Yeah, yeah, but this is like they started as a food truck, they went, and now they have and a, yeah. and it's like oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's trying to see if they can make it huh? out of a truck. Yeah, make it out of a truck. So far, so good as far as I know. So. <laughs> so in uh, in your area, what's yeah. uh, what is the beer scene like for women? For, uh, I mean, do you, when you go out, are you, you, do you see a lot of women craft beer drinkers? Are you, 
uh, I know you're actively, um, you know, promoting that, but what's it, yeah. what's it like in, in the Portland area? I would say, especially in the Portland area, it depends on the brewery because there are some breweries that are still the hypey, hypey breweries. So like there's the hypey, you know, IPA, you know, stand in line for 10 hours kind of breweries. And that tends to be a little bit less skewed female just because I, I don't want to stand in line for that long. I don't know. I just say, yeah, I'm too old. I don't stand in line for beer anymore. No, we don't. Um, but, uh, but in general, a lot of them also have um, made their tasting rooms on purpose family friendly because they're opened by people who have young families anyway. So it's not, it's not necessarily this kind of dark, you know, kind of loud music bar kind of atmosphere. It's more of a, Hey, come hang out in our beer garden kind of atmosphere. And I think a lot of them are taking that model from, from the European, you know, kind of beer gardens where everybody would just hang out, you know, kind of almost have a picnic all afternoon. I, I um, wish more would so do that. There are, so there are definitely, um, I, I would say because of that and because of the way that the, the spaces are structured, that it feels more welcoming. And there is definitely a lot of female participation. Um, it, it really does depend on from brewery to brewery though. Um, but I mean, we have a lot of breweries that are also co-owned by women and a couple that are solely owned, owned by women as well. And uh, Heather Sanborn is a state rep who is a co-owner of one of our um, better breweries, uh, Rising Tide. So she's very visible also in kind of um, the beer industry uh, for us. So she's a role model for a lot of people, you know, just kind of look up at like, oh yeah, okay, you can be a brewery owner and be female or you can, you know, be a brewer and female. Um, and there's just been, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel forced. None of it feels forced. It just feels like, oh yeah, okay, cool. We're all participating. Um, you know, not to say it's a 50, 50 split. I don't think it is. Um, but I have, I'm definitely not the only chick at a brewery anymore, <laughs> which is nice. <laughs> yeah. Do you see that in your, in your, like, I, I, I don't know how much you travel for a work lot. or personally. Okay. So yeah. when you travel, how do you, how would you compare that to what you see in, in the Portland area then? That's kind of, I'm not sure if I can generalize that, but I will say that in the last, I want to say in the period of time in which I've been writing about beer, it is definitely everywhere is increased participation of women. Um, I used to go to beer festivals and it was like 90% guys. Um, you know, I used to go into pubs and it was just bachelor parties. You know, it was like, it, it doesn't <laughs> feel like that anymore. And I think there's a lot of factors going in there, like things like having a, a tasting room that's open during the day and, and things about, you know, having... Uh, tours and interesting things to do, or, you know, just a more diversity of styles, you know, to kind of appeal to other palettes. I think, I think that that is definitely moving in a positive direction. I don't think it's equal yet. And I think that the representation of people, you know, like who are owners and who, who are, you know, kind of major players in beer being female helps. Um, so, you know, a lot of organizations that have been supportive of that help also. Um, but it's changed a lot just even in the 12 years that I've been writing about beer. I don't think we're completely there yet. And, you know, we've talked about some of those reasons uh, before. Sure. You know, I don't think, I don't think Portland is like an outlier. I don't think it's like a ton better or a ton worse than a lot of the other places that I've visited, but it's really, it, it kind of depends on sometimes the management and the vibe in the brewery too. Have you walked uh, into a place and yeah. you felt like a vibe, like they're kind of like assholes? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there are definitely breweries. I mean, even in Maine, that I'm like, nah, that's not my jam. Like, you want to you want to name them? You want to call them out? Or call them out, Fuck them. I can't. I'm a journalist. Call them out. Call them out. <laughs> um, I'm gonna yeah, hit them up on Twitter right now. Start yeah. naming them, <laughs> you motherfuckers. <laughs> How dare you make the beer babe no feel swear. uncomfortable? 
for the ones that are the ones that are the stand in line for the hype release of the week are just not my style. I don't enjoy mm-hmm. uh, that kind of ever rotating, very similar beer to themselves, and and even breweries that don't do that all the time can sometimes feel like that. So it's that's the kind of um, environment that I'm not super into. Um, but again, I kind of go everywhere because I'm you know writing about everybody. But there are some that I'm definitely more comfortable. But also Maine being such a small state. Uh, you know, when you're even remotely interested in beer, you get to know the actual people behind all these breweries too. And I still think that a majority of them are not jerks. <laughs> um, you know, they have, you know, they have a good interest at heart. And if anything, you know, they can, they just need to, you know, kind of look a little bit farther, you know, to see what other audiences they could be engaging when they're not doing it, uh, or they're just doing, you know, what they know the easy thing to do. Um, you know, how do we get a younger generation to? proactively think about better diversifying, you know, who they hire and, and who the the influence are and the decision makers and people that are included at their, their table when they're, you know, making beer and marketing beer and, and building breweries. I mean, I think part of it is that we also need to see more examples of bear, bigger companies doing this. We need to learn from other industries that have done this better. Um, there are, uh, there are definitely examples, you know, from other industries that have a higher diversity rate than beer that we should be looking to, to figure that out. But in general, I think that a lot of it is also just the visuals and the representation of what's going on is that, you know, there's still a rep, there's still just a, a, a stereotype that, that girls drink wine and guys drink beer. And it's like, no, <laughs> Like we're all gonna be drinking White Claw in five years. You know, <laughs> no, no. Get a walk hey, into like a, that's in a beer. Store that, it's just gonna be miles, miles, miles of White Claw. That's going the way of not your father's root beer. It's I was about beer. to say the, the show's over. We're done. Cancel the podcast. <laughs> I'm not. I'm no, not no, no, it's gonna be the bearded claw. Bearded claw. Can you imagine like a seltzer podcast? Like that's so icky. Oh, I'm sure it's coming. There's probably. There's probably one out there already. It probably is. I don't want to know. There, I, I ran <laughs> across. I mean, if there's a time to have it, it's now. So let's do it, guys. I, I, I did come across a Twitter handle there is a that Seltzer was festival. that was completely there is. There is. Oh, that's oh, ridiculous. <laughs> a hard seltzer. <laughs> hard seltzer festival. That can't be fun. Like, see, I'm biased because I don't like regular seltzer either. So, see, like, I, I, this has no yeah. appeal to me at all. See, I do like regular seltzer, and I can't stand the hard seltzer. <laughs> yeah, so I just so. I'm just not participating in this trend at all. But I will joke about it. Yeah, um, but it's it's more like I have it has no appeal to me at all. Um, but also, I, I there's also arguments to be said too. Is that sometimes some of that stuff, like the flavored malt beverages and the um, I don't know if that's true for seltzer, but like the not your father's root beer and stuff, is that they're trying to make alcohol taste not like alcohol. Because right. you want to get drunk, you just don't want to like feel like you're going to get. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like a stealth way to get drunk. And stealth I just drunk. in beer, I've never also gone into beer going, how can I get drunk now? Like it's it's craft to me is more like, oh, what do I want? It's more like food to me. Like okay, what do I want to drink right now? Because it might taste good. Right. Um, and so it's just a different. It's a totally different motivation. Um, because I I want my beer to still be beer. I do like all those funky, fun ingredients, though. So. That probably has a little bit to do with our age, though, as well. You know, because I'm, I'm, I mean, I drink a lot, but I don't, I don't drink to get drunk. No, 
Right. But I think they're the younger generation, a lot, a lot of younger people are looking for that. Yeah. What, and, you know, what have I always said about this younger generation, Jan? What have I said? Um, I mean, but think about it. If this was around when we were in college, would people be drinking crappy, crappy beer? You know what I mean? Like if that if that was that easy to get, right? Would everybody be drinking like, you know, Natty Ice or would they be drinking that? Like, well, you, in, well in, college, in college, you get what you can afford. I, I mean, I used to get the <laughs> Which isn't much. cube of like the 30 pack of Bush Light. You know what I'm talking about? Like we used to get that. And I, and I didn't even I like it, but, like, yeah. you know. It did the job. It did the that job, the and point. it was like eight bucks or something. Yeah, some shit. yeah exactly. So <laughs> the cube. Yeah, the and cube. for you know, and but you're right. I mean, for the girls, we would get like we'd make jungle juice. You know, it'd be like Zima. I don't know Kool Aid and and a bottle of Everclear. And, the old uh, Zima. Remember, you're, you're too young for Zima. Zima's container. back too. Have you had? I Zima? I've heard about Zima coming back. I haven't seen it's it on back. the shelf yet. But. Well, Zima's got to be like fuck. Why is everybody so hard? Like we were already. I here. saw. Oh, I saw a meme about that. It was like, it was some quote about like, oh, you know, before you could walk, you have to crawl or whatever. And it was like Zima was the like originator that like. Yeah. yeah. But, but Zima, it, Zima, Zima you had to. You weren't ready for that at the time. I, I had a short story uh, at one of the beer writers conferences. Uh, we had it in uh, Milwaukee, actually. And they gave, they brought us to um, one of the cores, um, the cores like cave, the lager caves or whatever. And we had like a beer pairing thing there. It was very cool. Oh. Um, but we, um, during that, they had set out different, you know, course products and whatever. And Zima was not <laughs> one of them, but it was behind the bar. Like it was lined up as if it was like a choice, but you, there was no bartender. Like it wasn't, it was managed so that, you know, there's, and I talked to the, um, I talked to the cores rep and I was like, Hey, can, can I have that bottle of Zima? Like, I'm, never, I'm too young, you know, like, I just kind of want to know. And they're like, well, we didn't want to put it out because we thought people would make fun of it. And I'm like, no, 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 it's, it's fine. I just, you know, just for scientific reasons, I, I would like to try it. For so science. she got one. And I then went around to all of the people that were my age and I made them drink a sip of it, like out of a cup and asked them what it was. And they had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> and when I showed them like what it was, they were like, nah! Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they were all like, you don't have any Jolly Ranchers. I'm like, I didn't know this was going to be a thing. Like, Yeah, uh, you have to have Jolly Ranchers, otherwise the Ziva doesn't taste good. Jolly Ranchers are skittles, good. either one. <laughs> I don't think it's good. I, was I there, when you were there, was there any Western-looking gentlemen that were like, would you like a banquet bear? Or I can't no, <laughs> banquet bear. <laughs> <laughs> Western looking gentleman. Oh no, it's going away. Well, no, th- I, I, that's what I thought too when I pulled it up. I mean, it's it's Miller Coors like a press release, but they talk about oh, it's back. It's like, back, back. Andrew's back again. Yeah, Z2K is what they call. It. Oh, <laughs> just rebranding it. Okay, that's yeah, fine. pretty much. But ninety four as a seltzer, people would be like, "Oh, cool, yeah, that's fine." Yeah, if you rebrand as a seltzer, it's a night. It was. Debuted in '94. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, I was too small. I, I saw the I, ads. I remember that in college. Ad. I remember the ads. Yeah. Oh. There would be like the guy who was like stuck to the leather chair because it was so hot, <laughs> and then they give him a Zemo and he like magically. Oh wow! I just had a blast. I know what you're talking. Yeah. Yeah, and he like magically like becomes unstuck from the. Did that hurt your head, Jake? Oh, well, there was just like a memory explosion. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go lay down. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know what you're talking about. I'm gonna have to try and find Zima and have it on the show one of these weeks. 
you know what? Add it like next next podcast. Let's just be drinking Zima. <laughs> just be drinking Zima. <laughs> be like what? What, you, what, what we drink? Like just be drinking it. People be like what? Yeah, don't don't say anything. Just drink. yeah, yeah. Don't say nothing. <laughs> just straight face. That's what I drink. What are you What are you talking about? What? Why is that weird? Yeah, yeah I understand. <laughs> The thing I've always said about I was telling Chad the thing I always said about the youngsters is give them, you know they say how they don't want to drink as much now, um, you know I just say well give them time once they get jobs, family, and kids they're gonna oh yeah drink all the time. <laughs> so. Well, millennials are killing everything though apparently so That's... yeah. Rod Rod was there in '94 and it still sucked then. <laughs> <laughs> and this is one that Rod said earlier that I think we do need to test out his theory. Hard cells are supposedly a good yeah, mixer I mean, for liquor. It's essentially tonic water with flavor in it, so of course it's a good mixer. It's yeah. like it is the mixer. It's just, uh-huh. I don't know, <laughs> but but it has booze in it already. I don't know. You got to be careful of combining all that crap, but whatever. Well, if there's anybody that's good to ch- test that out, it'd be Jake over here. He's Oh, yeah. I'll do some research. He doesn't have a liver anyway. <laughs> Science. Research. Yeah. He'll test anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Mikey. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I've had weird stuff. I the the thing about beer at least is that like the worst thing that can it's not gonna make me sick. So like the the worst thing that can happen, I'm like, wow, that was that was terrible. Yeah. Um <laughs> I've tried a lot of weird beer. Do now, you, uh, real do you quickly, drain pour it if it's bad? Do you ever bring something home and you're oh, like, yeah. I can't mm-hmm. do this? You just drain yeah. pour that shit. I'm not like aggressive about it. Um, but especially if something's got an off flavor or it's infected, I'm just not going to drink it. It's, mm. I, I, I learned after the first beer writers conference that it's completely okay not to finish a sample of something. Uh, mm. Because uh, at the time I was just so bowled over by the fact that like they were pouring us all this amazing beer that I was like, oh, well, you can't leave half a bottle of worldwide stout on the table. That's ridiculous. And we got destroyed. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't. Mm-mm. So I'm completely fine with the, leaving the, you know, uh, leaving the partial thing at the bottom of the glass and not finishing it. Um, I'm I'm okay with the drain port. It's just, it's the life of whatever. It's like, I already paid for it. It's fine. Like, yeah. my mistake. Whatever. Uh, Jake, just real quickly, Jake and I have switched over to hopping for oh, yeah. 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 It's really, it's actually really good. That's cool. I switched it, over to uh, the wolf. Oh, that's oh. such a good one. Three sheeps. I've got one more in the fridge, so I'm going to grab that in a minute. But. <laughs> So, Carla, I, I asked this question to Rod, um, was it last week he was on? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. So, in, in a similar fashion, if you walk into a brewery that's full of dudes with beards, do you uh, do you ever feel uncomfortable? And if you do, is there a way that, um, that uh, all the dudes would make a woman feel more comfortable coming into a brewery? Mm. I, asked this, I asked this to Rod as a, as a black man. Yeah. And... So what what uh, what would you say to uh, to make you feel more? Rod, Rod loves the guys with beers, so that that was different. But. Yeah. Well, well okay. <laughs> so, so I so I don't personally find like you know just a you know whitewashed group of guys with beards um, uncomfortable only because I'm in Maine. I mean, like that's pretty much our population. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 it's a state requirement for all men to have. It's beers. on the state flag. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that, um, you know, what makes a huge difference? It's not even the people, it's the people behind the bar, right? Like if I can get like an acknowledgement when I walk in, like, Hey, what's up or whatever. Like it doesn't even, you know, if I'm, if I'm being like kind of actively welcomed in by the establishment, I give 
I care less a little bit about who's who else is there. You know okay. what I mean? So it's kind of like if, if that can be like conveyed and they're not, and you know, whoever's behind the bar isn't, you know, making stupid sexist jokes with the people at the bar, you know, like, sure. you know, those types of things like you can convey the values of a place, even if it's filled with people that you might not agree with. But also I might, you know, for the patrons, you know, it's just like in general, just, just kind of, I would rather just be ignored. <laughs> like I would rather just like, just don't even put it out to be like, Oh my God, there's a chicken here. You know, like she's <laughs> using like, big words. As long as it's not like turn around and everybody, you know, it's not like a, whatever that blazing saddles where you everybody <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> blazing saddles. That's awesome. Like, then I'm fine, right. Like, the, you know, but I will say that that a good bar back or just people who are running a tasting room go a long way in making me feel safe or welcomed or just like happy. Like it's it's not. And even if that's a tiny interaction, if I know that they're like paying attention to what's going on and I know that they are kind of keeping an eye on what's going on or they're not over serving people and it's not full of the super, super drunk people. Um, that's a big that's the thing that makes me super uncomfortable is if there's tons of drunk people like sorry to put you here. <laughs> the, the drunk people is is a is a sign of a couple things. It's a sign of there not being a lot of control in the from the establishment, and also that they don't care. So that that it's like okay, if they've let everybody here get that super rowdy, then that means that they're not gonna look out for me, or they're not gonna protect me if some if somebody starts giving me shit. Right. So so it's more of a. It's like a connotation. It's like, oh, great. I mean, and I'm not to say that like a, a night where everybody's having a great time and whooping it up is not going to happen. And that's, you know, that's awesome. But there's a different, like, there's a different feeling when you walk in and everybody is trashed and you're like, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. so because, you know, because they're, they're supposed to be trained not to overserve people. They're supposed to be trained to watch out for safety issues, you know? So it's, it's kind of, you know, it, as much fun is much not fun as it is to cut somebody off. It's necessary sometimes. And it's preventing, you know, something that the brewery would be liable for too. If they, if they were fighting or whatever the hell, you know, happening. Is that a pupper? Yeah. It's my, yeah. it's one of my dogs. Yeah. My wife totally agrees with you. So there oh, you, good. Go. You, have, you have her yeah. seal of approval. But you know, but there's, but as far as patrons go, like I have the coolest conversations with random strangers that at bars, like I, I have no, I have no reservations, like walking up to somebody like, what are you drinking? You know, like, like, but that may be because I'm just in the beer land, you know, here that, you know, it's kind of something I'm used to doing. Um, But also just in general, I think there's a lot that the establishment itself does to make it feel like a safe place to be. Yeah, I'm, in the, I'm on the same page. With you. <laughs> it's like, it's, I think that's true. Um, I love striking up conversations with strangers. That's one of my favorite things to do. At a I bar, love it. A brewery. It's, I love uh, it. I'll, I'll talk to anybody. And, and Brittany is, she's, she's like, she's always like, you'll just, you'll talk to anybody, won't you? I'm like, yeah, yep. I will. Yep. I'll talk to them until they get creepy. And then I'm like, no. <laughs> um, Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Yeah. I do a lot of this, like, hey. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but uh, to be fair, but to be fair, that's really doesn't happen to me that often. I mean, most, and that help that happens also because you know it's it, it's local people here, so like you're gonna see these people again. So people try not to be jerks to each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like they they're a little bit more conservative in their jerkery. I, I have more problems. Jerkery, I don't know how how big is Portland. I have no, I don't know much about Portland. It's Maine. like six hundred thousand people. It's, uh, it's not about the size of Milwaukee then. 
Yeah, it's not huge, but it's also not built up like Milwaukee. Like it, it we don't have skyscrapers at all. Okay. Like it's just this flat. You know, it's got a little hill on one side. It's, it's surrounded by water. It's very cute. Uh, nobody can afford to live there anymore. Um, <laughs> so like uh, everywhere. Crazy in the last couple. You know, it's just uh, it is what it is. But but it is a beautiful place, and it's a seaside town. Um, and there's different sections of it, and there's a lot of like surrounding communities. They're really you know kind of basically suburbing out, um, but they're becoming kind of having identities of their own and having brews of their own even too. Um, but it's really walkable. It's kind of like one of those old, older cities where like there's a lot of big brick buildings and there's these kind of narrow streets. Um, it's burned down four times. So uh, four, really four. 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 four times. Wow. She's got you guys beat in Chicago then. Yeah. So a little fire yeah, prevention, yeah. I mean, the fire prevention time. training. The so the, the last time that it burned down, they rebuilt everything with brick. So a lot of a lot of all of downtown is is brick. What uh, were they now. using so before, they were, like straw? Or? I don't. <laughs> yeah, it was straw with lighter fluid. So uh, one of the one of the stories that that is worth googling one of these days is Captain Mowat. So this was I don't remember which war, but essentially we took some captain prisoner, and then when they let him out. He returned with his ship and firebombed the entire city, <laughs> like Curry, <laughs> Portland. And there's a hot sauce company now named after him called Captain Mowat's Hot Sauce, and it is burning Portland since 19, you know, 18, whatever. Hilarious, <laughs> 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 at the same time, like if that was a beer name, it would probably be inappropriate. I was going to say, does that fall under an inappropriate <laughs> no, beer no, name? It doesn't, but I, I personally uh, find it a little, <laughs> find it a little funny. Did you flowchart this one? No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> How to name your hot sauce? <laughs> no, hot sauce names are way worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have a hot sauce. They have a hot sauce shop in Portland. That has a little like you know how the video stores used to have like the adult little like section in the back like with a curtain behind it. Yeah, yeah. They, they have a hot sauce store where the like not family friendly names are behind <laughs> like a oh, black man. curtain. You have to like go in the and then you just hear people there going <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's totally weird. So. Oh. Do do we need that at bottle shops now? <laughs> yeah, right. Put all the inappropriate names behind a curtain. That's where all the blonde ales would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I I, I really IPAs. Of making of making a, a sexist label like that and just making the in, insides vile, like just making it the most <laughs> disgusting. You know, beer ever, and you could like donate all the pro- proceeds oh. for something you know ridiculous. That reminds me, going back to that, Jake. Let's see if I can find it. There oh, we go. Uh, Shalanda had. You're talking about your 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 beer you would make, Jake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She said, uh, "My first beer name, if I had a brewery, would be called Child Support because I've spent many days in court trying to get it." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. That's so funny. (laughs) Not that you had to fight for child support. That's not funny, but that comment is funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, People keep asking me, they're like, oh, when are you going to open a brewery? I'm like, never. I'm never. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of like being wet and dirty and covered in hops and and troop. Well, we've we've talked about it many times on the show. We actually did look at it at opening one. Just the. Yeah. Economics of it is just no. No one makes any money. Your margins are rages are tight. Yeah, like it's you just, have to do it as a passion project. 
I mean, I'd have to put a, girl, a bikini on a girl on the label to get yeah, any attention. Yeah, for five minutes, and then they'll you're, run out of the same bro guy. You're just you're producing beer to drink your own beer at, at cost is what you're doing. So and we, I can do that. I can do that in my garage. Exactly. Right. So I'm already good. That. Yeah, right. We already are doing that. I think, too, the uh, the time commitment was just... You know, I'd have oh to my quit gosh. my current job to be able to put enough time in, to yeah. start, and then I wouldn't be making enough money. So. All right, I'm right. going to grab one more beer. Is that okay? Very that nice. is totally yeah. allowed. If you want to grab it, we beer, recommend grab it. Grab, yeah, we recommend grabbing beer. <laughs> All right, Chad, entertain yeah. the kids. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, like talking about the amount of time that it takes. I mean, our buddy Trent running this little six barrel brewery up in Sturgeon Bay, he's putting so much time into it that I mean, I mean, he still has time for his family, but I mean, he's in it. What five thirty six o'clock in the morning to to ice or chill you know do whatever he's doing, and the amount of time that it takes is significant on a six barrel brewery. Yeah, he's there. Let alone he's there on the weekends. Yeah, he's he's going into that little tiny little closet brewery all the time doing stuff. So it's yeah. I mean, and if you want to get into a, a larger scale. You know, than just than just selling at a restaurant <laughs> like he's doing, you've got to have you got to have a team, yeah. You know, to in order to, to fulfill the time requirement. Now that that dog is the size of my dog's poop. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> about fifteen. Cuter pounds. than your yeah, dog's that, poop. That's a yeah, definitely way cuter. cuter yeah. yeah, that is an adorable dog. <laughs> yeah, she's a Pomeranian something or other. We're not sure what the mix is, but her Allie. What did you say? Name? Yeah, was? Allie. Allie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that sounds like an AKC name, Pomeranium something or other. That's an AKC name. Yeah. Yeah, good girl. Oh, she's totes adorbs. She's, yeah, she's a cuddle bug, as you can see. <laughs> she's been sleeping on the floor next to me, like, why are you not in bed? No. <laughs> that's where that's where my dogs are now. They're all oh, sleepy. Oh sleepy. Yeah. I just had all five of my dogs bang on the door here a minute ago. <laughs> what are you doing? They're looking for dad. <laughs> what would you say? I, I did I did mention this. In, in previous podcasts, but I like to hear what other people have to say. What what can breweries do? And even those of us who don't have breweries, but we're in the craft beer culture, I guess is the best way to say it. How can, how can we get women more into this community? You know, how can, how can a, a brewery obviously don't put the misogynistic beer names <laughs> right, on the labels. Obvious. I mean, that's yeah. obvious. Um, but what can be can be done? You know, what, what, so, what can change? So I think um, this is going to sound, I mean, this is obviously just one of many things, but I think that there's something to be said about the design of some breweries. Like there's some people that just have that like super industrial, really uncomfortable, you don't want to sit there for a long period of time vibe to them. Yeah. That like, why not throw a couch in there? Why not throw some- freaking fabric or noise dampening stuff like i think uh loudness is a factor i think light is a factor um and just like there's some things that make that make um you know spaces more safe and uh, available like i don't like breweries that and bars where there's not really good line of sight you know kind of like you can be kind of in a corner and nobody can see you kind of thing So, and it's something that like people don't, they just don't think about it. They're like, oh, it's super dark in here and really loud and nobody can see anybody. But that's fine. That's the vibe we wanted. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not really like. Well, the shitty thing is men don't think about it because they never had to think about it. And frankly, I would love, I mean, and one of the things I like about the tasting rooms is that 
I would love to have more places where I can actually carry on a conversation as opposed to yelling at the top of my lungs, like, cause it's super loud or echoey or, or there's a live band that's like playing a million, you know, decibels above my, uh, about, above my speech level. Cause you know, a lot of women like to get together and actually converse social mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. instead of just sit, standing there at the bar and just drinking and being silent. So I think that's a big deal, but in general too, I mean, I think just generally having, um, you know, spaces that are inviting, but also a diversity of what's on tap um, to, and people who are educated enough to recommend beer to people who might not be familiar with it. So that goes with everybody who might be wanting to attract like craft curious people, right? Is that if you can talk to people about coffee and introduce them to stouts that way, or if you can talk to people about, you know, kind of like, you know, they love pickles and fermented goods and okay, you know, maybe let's talk about sours and then, you know, stuff like that. If you have a wider range of what you're offering in terms of flavor, you also have more opportunities to have a conversation about bringing people in via their tastes. And that's not necessarily gender specific, but I would love to see more avenues for people to have like something they can latch on that they know. Okay. I know I like coffee this beer reminds me of that, you know, or this is a coffee stout or, you know, whatever it is, you can bring more people in, um, you know, kind of that way. I think that is a very insightful perspective. I, I never even have framed that idea in my mind. I'm really used to that industrial type brewery. Um, Carl, I, I don't know if you're seeing this out there, but one thing I have observed and my observation skills are minimal at best. Um, <laughs> So true. Is that one place I have seen women congregating uh, uh, that is a beer-oriented type place is um, sometimes these really nice craft beer shops um, that also have tables and they're very, there's a lot of good light and it's very open and they got some beers on draft. It's a very different sort of um, landscape and scene than you know, that industrial, um, brewery at night. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and yeah, and it's opportunities like that. And there's also, and there's also been a little rise of formal and informal kind of meetup groups too, where people yeah. are meeting to do things about beer that are not necessarily at a brewery, but like might be at a bowling alley and we're all going to try a couple craft beers while we're there or whatever it is that it's women talking to other women and feeling comfortable about what they don't know. And places that are willing to host that type of thing or help with that type of thing is huge. Um, you know, the, and this is going to sound really dumb. Um, and this is such a basic thing, but it's so nice. Clean bathrooms are great. I love <laughs> yeah. clean bathrooms everywhere yeah. I go. Uh, because it's just, you know, if, especially if you're a tasting room and you're not open it, you know, until one in the morning and, you know, it's like it conveys how much you care about your business. Um, you know, if you can keep a space that's warm and inviting and safe, um, even when it's, you know, just the facilities, you know, and I, I went to a bar, a craft beer bar in Lewiston. And for the first time in my life saw actual, um, and sorry, this is probably CMI for you guys, but saw <laughs> a, a, a thing of free uh, sanitary products, like just put out in the women's room. Never, never, ever seen it before in life. But it was basically saying that we did know. Did you do like a double take? Yeah, I did. <laughs> and I was like, but it basically says to me, we know there are women here. We want you to be comfortable here. And I was like, are you like, I didn't need any, but it was like, this is amazing because what it does is it just conveys that they, they thought about it a little bit more than two seconds. They went here, go for that. Although more than that, I would actually really love there just to be single stall 
genderless ones, but that's, that's <laughs> well, it's, it's a simple thing. It really. is it's like, simple. It's, it's super it. simple and super like it, but it blew my mind because I've never seen it. I've never seen somebody go, okay, this is a women's room. What does a women's room actually need in it here? So do you, do you think that that, that, uh, establishment had, uh, a woman and or women on staff that said, Hey, morons, you know, I never asked because I know it's owned by two dudes. So I'm like, I mean, I'm assuming they, they have, you know, they have female barbacks, they have managers that are, that are women, but I, I didn't, it wasn't like, Oh, okay. It's a woman owned facility. Obviously they're going to do this the best they right. possibly can. I was not expecting it. I think is what took me back. Is that it's like this underground, like literally underground, like you go down into a basement kind of thing and it's a craft beer bar. And I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, and then somebody like the next week went into the bathrooms and stole every poster that was there. So don't be, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, but it's stuff like that where it's just saying, Hey, we acknowledge that you are coming to visit our space and we want you to be happy in our space. Like it doesn't mean you have to bend over backwards and, you know, put a huge flashing sign outside of your door that says we want women here. Um, but Although that, that, that might get more guys in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, nights are four, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> That's literally why they have ladies' nights. Exactly. It's, yeah. Well, no, definitely. But can I ask? Because I've never asked this. As a woman, if you see a bar, or if you say, "Hey," if you have a group of friends that says, "Hey, let's go to this um, yeah. bar," it's ladies' night. Is that yeah. a positive, or are you like, "Hey, to, I'm going to just hang out at home tonight"? To to me. That's a negative only because that's something that the macro focused bars tend to do. It's like, it's like an older, it's like something that a bar that my dad went to would do. So it more conveys to me that that's like, you know, Oh, they're going to have cheap beer. You know, like it's, well, yeah, the women can get drunk tonight. Craft breweries do that. Now, if a craft brewery said, Hey, it's women and beer night and we have, you know, a couple of women brewer here and it's a dollar off. If you're a woman or whatever, you know, whatever, a craft version of that i would probably be game but like most of the time when it's just like that little like uh you know chalk sign on the outside of a bar that says ladies night i'm like mm. um, <laughs> because it's the same stuff that we've been doing since the 70s you know it's 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 that like oh yeah we just want women to come in and give them you know so that they can get hit on by more dudes mm-hmm. i don't know <laughs> Well, I think that I think Ladies' Night was a, a, a it kind of a thing. I mean, you still see it. It's kind of a thing of the past, yeah. but you know, it's it's the night where uh, you know women come in, they get two dollar drafts or whatever, and you know you can get drunk cheap. Right. But again, like just from a safety perspective, women getting drunk cheap is not really what we usually want. Because, exactly. exactly. That's why I was wondering. I mean, yes. a group of yeah. I mean, and sometimes you do. You know, you're celebrating a friend's birthday. You all want to go ha- out and have you know uh, margaritas or whatever, and you know, just rip roar the town. Totally fine. Like, there's occasions for that, but sure. most yeah. time, I'm sitting down in a bar, especially as a woman, I'm not trying to get out of control because I just don't want to put myself in a situation where I might be in, in at risk. Um, yeah. You know. Sure. So like, so it's just kind of it doesn't really appeal to me. You know, it's just like, oh, okay, it's a dollar cheaper to buy my stuff. The other thing is, too, that as a beer writer, I don't even look at how much anything costs anymore because <laughs> every, <laughs> every pint glass, like, I just don't even, I'm like, okay, you know, I have like, you know, maybe when I go out 
max three beers in a sitting, you know, if I'm at a bar. So it's like, you know, the difference between a dollar or two, between a nine and a $10 pint is not the same as, oh, a dollar fifty for a Bud Light, you know, because it's ladies night. It's, it's not, it's, it's not the cost that's motivating me to pick the beer, I guess is what, I mean, that sounds snobby, but it's just, I don't look at it. I'm not like, oh, what's the cheapest one on this list? I'm going, oh, what do I actually want? Sometimes I go, what do I want? Oh my God, that's like $16 a glass. Never mind. <laughs> but yeah. like, I've been having this problem lately where I'll go to a, um, you know, a place that's known for having a, a, a large selection of, of beers and I can't decide what I want. And I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm like, I have, I've had this, I've had this, I haven't had that, but that's not really a, my favorite style. Yeah. And multiple times, like, especially if I'm sitting at the bar, They'll yeah. come over to me and they'll be like, they they start trying to help me. Like they assume that I just don't yeah. know what the fuck I'm doing. Oh, and it's you? like, no, no, no. I'm a snob. I know too much is the problem here. <laughs> like I know exactly what no. I'm doing. I apologize for my behavior. But you do have a permanent. I'm totally confused. Look on your face. I no do. Well, I go. mean, I do have this going <laughs> oh, on, which so isn't helping me. I don't disagree you with that. Thing confused face. I like yeah, that. Yeah, it's always RCF. Yeah, you're, you're always sitting there going, "Is he confused?" Yeah, or is like he I don't know. This guy's got a small him? mouth. You know, his small eyes are half closed. He looks kind of stupid. Yeah, I agree with that. But yeah, I've been noticing that it's getting harder for me I, I'm, I'm i'm over analyzing that menu so much that they just assume i don't know what the hell i'm doing and oh, they're, yeah. they're ready to give me you know some sort of domestic beer and something or like and hey we have 312 on draft like <laughs> i'm good so yeah so, so the thing again about a good barback or a good whatever is that is that sometimes when I just have that like super decision fatigue and I'm like, I, I don't mm -hmm. even know. They'll say like, oh, well, we just got this. Do you want it? You know, do you want to sip? Do you want to try it? And and they're not coming from a, you don't know what you're talking about kind of way. They're coming from a, hey, here's something you might not have considered, but I think is great. So why don't you give it a shot kind of thing? And I love it when they do that because it's like, it, it just helps me get out of my cloud of like, oh my God, I can't decide. I, I have actually a really hard time at the bottle shops Mm. it's oh, like yeah. i'm going down aisles after aisles and i haven't had so much of this stuff and it's all local like i'm like there are hundreds of beers right now at a store down the street from me that i have no experience with i've never had and i'm not used to feeling like that because usually I'm, you know for years i was on top of it like if they had a new double ipa from rising tide i had it you know like it's just so trying to kind of feel like I'm connected to what's going on, but also this, this proliferation of skews is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. The, the, I always tell my wife, you know, if I'm going to the bottle shop, I'm going to be there a while. It's like, I, I, what I do, what <laughs> yes. I actually, what I tell her, it's like when she goes in. Remember, she's to, listening. I know she's listening. She knows this. I've said it to her. I have this problem, too. <clears throat> she goes into a store, and I tell her this all the time. She has to touch every article clothed on every yeah. rack. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right? yeah, and I'm sitting there going, "Why, why?" You know, it's when I walk into a clothing like... store, I can know, look around, I'm like, "No, I'm good, I'm out." But when I go into a bottle shop, I'm looking at everything, yeah. <laughs> especially when you can buy a single of each. I mean, yeah, it's kind right? of like you're in a library. Like, right? I can't rush this. Also, no, also, have you guys noticed that like beer labels have like no information on them anymore? Ugh. Like they're oh, all yes, artsy, yes. and I'm like, "What style is this? I don't even know if it's an IPA." Like, what? Um, the that's the one of biggest, New Glarus's problems. That's exactly yes, what I was going to say. Yeah. The biggest one that does that is New Glarus. You have to you have to go on on look at that one. I mean, yeah, I was going to ask. It looks to, nice, but yeah, I mean, this is Dancing Gnome and it's dry line and it's like it says American Ale on the front of it, okay, and then on the side, it's all it says. 
<laughs> but that's way simpler than New Glarus. You got to read a fucking paragraph before you figure out what beer it is. Or you have to go to their website. Because yeah. even in the paragraph, they don't say what the style is yeah. sometimes. Yeah, now this is kind of cool. So this Brewery Extrava one that I had, they have this new graphic that they've been putting on there. So there's my camera right there. So, oh, that's cool. Oh, oh that's nice. nice. Quick guide. Okay, yeah. it's 65%. It's 69 IBU. And then they match kind of the SRM color. And then it's like, oh, and go ahead and put it in a goblet or whatever. But I love, I love that. The, sorry, the I love the ones that advertise the glass. Exactly. Yeah. But you know say, what? Yeah, going back to the brewery that we're all starting, um, yeah. we'll have the beer where we put in the shittiest tasting beer we've ever produced in the misogynistic label. But then let's also just make a beer that's just called beer. And that's it. <laughs> and we give no <laughs> other details. Let's put our best beer in that. <laughs> Who makes emergency drinking beer? Because that's another one. It's like a generic can that just says emergency drinking beer. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember who that is. <laughs> uh, but that's a good one. But but uh, but they also put this graphic above their um, above the bar when you're ordering it at their tasting room. So it's kind of like oh, okay, you can literally in a quick glance go, oh yeah, I want the dark one. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to like read. You don't have to interpret all the names. You can just be like, oh yeah, that's a porter. Okay, cool, give it to me. Yeah, they get way too creative on their labels. Yeah. Wild, I mean, like, wild heaven. For art, like that's totally fine. But like, I want to at least know what style it is and who made it. Like, that's all the information that I want. Like, at least, and we don't get that on the front. It's always like on the back in tiny, like in literally like seven point font. And it's. Oh. I don't like when I hit, when I struggle to find the. And again, this is probably the the snobbery in me. Um, I get irritated when i can't find the date that it was canned or bottled oh, oh yeah, yeah that, too. Yep. that bothers me. now you're now you're speaking j-rods yeah that's... There you go. emergency drinking beer oh, wild, yeah. wild heaven wild heaven beer this is uh august 8th so yeah oh that's nice and fresh yep um yes. so uh shout out to uh my friends uh at, uh from west virginia who uh who brought me to Dancing Gnome um, when I was in Pittsburgh for Fresh Fest, and it was really fun. So they gave me a four-pack of fun stuff from West Virginia, and yeah, there it is, yeah. All-purpose blend. I like it. <laughs> See, that's, that's beautiful. I love that's it. Awesome. Just drink it, yeah. Um, but, uh, but, but that's a trend. But, uh, but as a graphic design nerd, I also get annoyed when there's okay it's fine all right you're gonna have art on all your labels but like if you're literally again an aisle of labels right of cans i at least want to know that all these belong to you right like the brewery like okay these are all the rising tide these are all the banded horn or whatever and that's getting hard to do too because they don't always match they're like okay here's the four that are like you know modern art and here's the five that have actual beer names on them it's just it's, well, it's just, really yeah. difficult to navigate and i I hate to be the snob to be like, oh, art, you know, I hate art. Was I just want art with information. Like yeah. Well, that's because the breweries get into like a series, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, Revolution has their, uh, um, oh, the hero series, you know, so most of their cans heroes. look alike, but, I do love them, though. but yeah, I mean, every, every brewery ha wants to have like a series, you got to know what series you're drinking before you pick up the can, right? So, it, I mean that's that's all that all goes into that 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 label design. 
Yeah. Do you guys ever think that uh, that also breweries are also hoping that you just pick it up thinking that it's new and you're not necessarily looking for them? Like we have less popular breweries that are being more enigmatic in their labels because I think they want people to be like, ooh, that's the new cool whatever, and then not realize it's from like That's our- interesting marketing. I like that. I think yeah. I think you're probably dead on there. I, I think that that is some new school stuff that's happening and I, and and you know converse of that i think that some people just are trying to think that i want them to recognize us we always have a certain colored top yeah. we always have you know like like chad's saying i mean if you see a hero series you know that's revolution um but yeah. again um as we're launching our brewery i'm very excited about i just want one that says some ibus and that's it like, like, you don't know what that means you don't know how many there's ibus in it we don't know how many but yes so as a graphic design nerd i love this which i'm going to hold up uh let's see Okay. Um, you can get a four pack and it's called CMYK. And they love it. That's awesome. Uh, but they're all the same beer. So <laughs> the one four pack is, is that, which I think is just great. That's, That's awesome. Hilarious. That's really cool. There's uh, good fire brewing uh, near near us here in Portland. And uh, I just thought that was super creative. I actually have that like set on my uh, shelves over there because it's like a little it's inspiration. And beer nerdery. <laughs> like, well, I think if we were to do a brewery, Jake. The the first beer would be IBUs don't matter would be the name of it. IBUs don't matter is that yeah, it? Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's kind of become a, a one of our sayings here on the show. <laughs> IBUs don't Do you remember matter. when like extreme beer was a thing? Like, oh yeah, like it was like the most IBUs, the most ABV. Like I, I want to say it was like circa like what twenty ten. Like it's yeah, just it's arms race of insanity. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah Dogfish oh, yeah. Head did one that was yeah. like six hundred. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and I mean obviously you can't find it anymore, but. Yeah. yeah, that was, yeah, insanity. And I remember writing a lot back then about, like, can I just have a beer that's not 12%? Like, well, didn't we find that beer? Like, oh, you just it's... lost Jake. Yeah, Jake, Jake is Jake's like, what are you talking about? No, you have to have something with like snake poison or something that was like 40% ABV or something. I had the, the end of history that uh, Brewdog did and they stuffed it into Squirrel or whatever that was, the, the uh, Stoat. Have you heard about that? Mm mm. End of history. Google that image search. That's oh, a fun one. End of history. <laughs> the end of history beer. Yeah. <laughs> they put the bottle inside. Like here. Oh boy. <laughs> but it also was like crazy high ABV because they were they were fighting with some other brewery about who could make the the highest ABV beer and uh, it tasted like moonshine with an aftertaste of beer. Wait, when you buy it, does it come oh, in the squirrel? Do you get the squirrel? Yes. Oh. Oh, wow. You, That's yeah. interesting. Yes. Can, um, and the one that the I drank, uh, and it was like $500 a bottle or something ridiculous. Yes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh my God. Oh <laughs> <laughs> It literally is. Bottom. Is it wrong that I want this now? I mean, I don't think it's wrong for you. Fifty-five percent ABV. Fifty-five percent ABV Belgium style yeah. brewed with it was juniper. So we are. Uh, uh, are there more pictures? If you scroll down. I don't know if there are more. No, just there. No, no. Okay. Um, yeah. So we had it uh, at, at the first beer bloggers conference actually because they did like a little contest. Somebody bought one, and basically they did a little video contest to see who could get the most likes or something. Uh, and I did not win the contest, but I got a sip of it afterwards. Um, and it, it tasted like moonshine with an aftertaste of beer. It was weird and ridiculous. 
but I've had that beer. $20,000? No, that, that's the, so they re-released it for people who invested in the company, but originally they had just like made a small number of them and you could buy it for like $500 a bottle or something ridiculous. Um, but they had wow. them in squirrels and stoats and like all these other really random little forest animals. It was decidedly not vegan. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, well, uh, I guess after you get loaded, you got a little snack there to grow up. So yeah, <clears throat> oh, hang on, it's... yeah. We all took pictures like of us kissing the whatever it was gross. <laughs> Regrets. Oh, wow. What do I have here? Is that a There's. I think. Oh, I was trying to find more of them. I mean, there's. Yeah, so that that oh, one right that there. Hell? That's a stoat, which is a, a UK <laughs> animal. That is like a little gopher or something. What is wrong? That's insane. <laughs> I mean, that one's interesting. This is what I'm talking about. About like brew dogs had a long history of doing stupid stuff. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, on the last row there, you got uh, James and whatever the the two founders on the very bottom. There, they're holding. Yeah, to right to the right of there. This yeah, one. That one, yeah. Like, that's yes. Yeah, so they, they did this whole video about how, like, oh, no, we're done. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. But again, like, you want to talk, like, that was 2010, you know, whatever year that was. Uh, you know, they also named a beer Sink the Bismarck, which is, like, a World War II thing. Like, there, there there's a lot that would not pass my chart now. <laughs> I, I, will, I will say that. Yeah, uh, this article says you can get it for $760. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how the person who got it for the uh, for the conference got it, but they, I think they may have just paid retail or gotten a bunch of friends together to do it or whatever. Jeez. Wow. But flavor-wise, not worth it. Uh, Experience-wise, fun. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Well, Carla, we want to be respectful of your time here. We're a little bit past our uh, hour and a half uh, a podcast, which is fine. But yeah. – uh, where can people find you? So um, my website is thebeerbabe.com. And what I do there is I, I put links to my column articles on there. So if you're curious about what's going on in the main beer scene, and I write some original stuff over there periodically, whenever I get my, uh, <laughs> whenever I get a fire lit underneath me, I'll write something uh, kind of annoying over there. Um, <laughs> but uh, mostly uh, if you want content, that's all beer and feminism and cute pictures of my dog, that's follow me on Twitter at, at beer babe. Um, and uh, there is, I definitely, I tweet a lot. So if you're one of those people who thinks that they have to go back and read every tweet that's happened in between logging onto Twitter, I'm not a good follow. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I have really productive and interesting conversations with people about beer and what's going on in beer. So um, I, I, I do like to do that. Um, and I'm Carla Jean Lauder on Instagram and I'm trying to get better at that, but it's not my, uh, yeah. I'm a words person, man. <laughs> it's, it's hard to do it all in, you know, in pictures and words. Of Carla, do you have um, any favorite alcoholic beverages that are not beer? I do love whiskey. Also, yeah. Nice. So, Jake, ask your question. At the well, end I just he just did, didn't he? I, no, I, mean, I kind of no. Did. He I, didn't really frame it right. I, I, I usually yeah. like to ask. You know, it's been a long week. You know, maybe it's a maybe it's a Friday night. Maybe you didn't make it to a Friday night, yeah. but you you need to reach for something. You yeah. know. 
you know, we've we've all had those nights, and you, you just you're not feeling a beer. You know, yeah. what what are you gonna what are you gonna pour out for yourself? Green there? spot, 100. Like just oh, yeah. amazing Irish whiskey. Um, actually, yeah, we've been getting uh, my husband and I've been getting into you know just trying a whole bunch of stuff. But Green Spot is definitely my favorite. First time I ever had it, it happened to be in Ireland, and I thought you could only get it over there. And then I was like, oh no, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, good call. But uh, but I do like a, a lot of different whiskey. Um, just generally, it's a fun beverage because there's so much kind of variety going on there without it being overly crazy like gin where everybody's got a different botanical blend that they want to give you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not like a huge cocktail person. So like anytime that anything happens in the cocktail or the liquor world, I'm like, I don't know anything about anything. Um, <laughs> so, so now, have, have you ever taken a stout and put bourbon and whiskey in it? No, that's well, an amazing idea. Shalandra and Jay just introduced us to it. I haven't done yes. it yet, mm-hmm. but they say they say when they have a they have a stout that you know, eh, it's okay. They'll put a shot of <sighs> bourbon or yeah. whiskey in there. I'm down. I have some bourbon that would be yeah. Yeah, it's a great idea, right? That's nice. a fantastic. You know, like Genius. I've never really done the whole like mixing liquor and beer literally in the same class thing. Although I did have once a um a uh, IPA that was aged on gin barrels, which was amazing. Yes, actually, I think I have one I got in Texas in my fridge. I just found it when I was cleaning my office. There's like I just found it, of course. <laughs> I know, I just found it. I was cleaning my office and it was on the shelf. So. Were you were you keeping that now? It's still on the shelf down there. No, it's in the fridge. Oh, oh, you just gave it away. He's gonna steal it. He's, He's not gonna steal it. Oh, hey, can we update the fans, Adam? Did you? Is your fridge working since the power? Uh, is it yeah, alive so, again? Sorry, uh, update on the uh, studio beer fridge. Half is working, half is not. <laughs> so we're kind of back where we started. <laughs> this is like the Frankenstein beer. It, it used to be. It was a wine fridge. It's alive. That we got. It got zapped by lightning and a power outage, and both sides died. Okay. Put it in the basement for like two years. Yep. We put this little studio in my house together. I brought it upstairs, plugged it in. It worked. Oh. Then, last, then last week we got zapped again, and it went out. <laughs> so I unplugged it, like whatever, just you know, fuck this thing. Well, and then I was like, you know what? See, went plugged it in, there. and half of it's working. The other half is working. Uh, <laughs> back to where you trying. started. Yeah. So well, at least half's working. <laughs> so, I need to confirm which beers in the half that's working. <laughs> Put all the crap beer in the one that's not. That's funny. Do you guys have the problem that I do where you have a whole bunch of beer and, and you go, oh, yeah, that one's for a special occasion. Oh, I don't really want to open that yet. Like, I have a whole bunch of stuff that, like, I should really drink that I just I keep looking at it. And I'm like, that's not what I want, like, after work. I want, like, that to be a thing. And now I have all of these, like, I have Allagash special releases. I follow, Like, I have unintentionally curated a seller of shit that I just think is not appropriate for everyday random yes, drinks. Yes, yes. And yes. My answer is no. Like, I, I'm like, <laughs> no, 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 no. I need to go to more bottle shares or something because I'm, I'm, I don't like, but I'm like moving these caged and corked things around to get to the beer that I actually want to drink. And I'm like, I would just recommend, so yeah, yes, but I, I'm better because as soon as anybody's over that likes beer, I'm like, let's open it up. True. Yeah, I live um, not directly in Portland, but in a little suburb of it, so nobody comes to visit me. Oh. Um, yeah, and see, I just I don't. I don't like people. Chairs, I so, think is the solution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't like people, so I don't invite anybody over. Adam keeps telling me to leave. Well, I invite yeah. them all the time. They just don't want to come up. And, yeah. and I, I just drink all mine. Dog is yeah. so cute. Yeah. I don't want to cuddle and drink some beer. <laughs> I don't well, save I, shit. I just drink it all. Yeah, I have three great Danes, so nobody wants to come in the house. Oh, I love great Danes. But yeah, Chad, Chad's the resident alcoholic, so. 
You drink I mean, I don't have to live on it, but I do like to drink. Yeah. I mean, like, and it's the thing is that, like, I ultimately enjoy it when I open them. It's just I have some kind of, like, mental block where I'm like, eh. And Allagash did a thing a while ago. And I don't know if they still do it, but, they, they you know, there's National Beer Day and all that crap. They made their own holiday and hashtag that was, like, drink it now. And they well, just said, go find I, stuff that's in your fridge and just go drink And that. now founders, oh, you know, they do that like, shit every year. Yes. And then oh, share it past its to age. They're all like, you better drink your CBS now. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. we're releasing next year's CBS stuff. in a week. But the Allagash stuff lasts for years. So, like, you oh, can, yeah. you know, like, I've got cool ships that are super old and that are amazing. Um, you know, so, but but they did it because they were like, we know this is a thing that people do. Mm-hmm. Drink it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I still have stuff from last year's Three Sheeps anniversary party. So I've still got stuff I brought back from France. Like last year, <laughs> so I'm yeah. like, damn it, you need to go. Let's keep it. <laughs> yeah, Carla, do you have anything else uh, on your mind? as you want to get out there before we um, wrap this up? No, but uh, if you are interested in that chart that we shared earlier, I did make a poster version because people asked me to make a poster version. Like, I'm not making a million dollars on it, but like, if you want a poster version of that, that's on. There's a link to that from my website, and it's on Redbubble. Um, but anybody else who just wants to print out the graphic, like, feel free. Like, that's I, I would rather just have people use it and enjoy it than than everybody know, should print to, out to be a revenue source for me necessarily. But if you wanted a high resolution, bigger poster, which people did apparently, uh, you can buy that uh, for my thing. But everybody should buy a poster of it and take it to their local brewery and say, "Here, say you know, every yeah, new brewer should yes, have that." Yes, put this up. If, so, if, if not in the tap room, put it in the back. <laughs> yeah, so one of the marketing managers for Rogue said that she gave it to her entire marketing staff. So, <laughs> like, yes. That's um, awesome. Somebody Victory. asked me if they could translate it to Spanish. Somebody else asked me if they could make it into a mural. And I'm like, yes, do all the things. <laughs> yeah, do, do all the things. <laughs> you know, I would love That's to awesome. see pictures of it printed out places and a picture of it muralized. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally. Whenever, whenever we come up, whenever you see a a badly named beer on, on Twitter. We just print it out and mail it to that brewery. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's the note that says seriously. I, did it, I didn't have to say it over and over again. I just like fail. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Try again. Yeah. Like Jake yeah, said, like, with a note that says, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Like, really? You got else what do you got, Jake? He did the old point thing. Like he's going to tell Yeah, He's like, he had a, a point here. I was and just making, he's got nothing. I was right. making, you know, visual, points all right well (laughs) carla thanks for joining us tonight it's it's been awesome you you're you're amazing thank you thank you for inviting me on this has been fun hang on with us for one second here we're the three best friends that anyone could have we're the three best friends that anyone can have and we're always gonna hang out